0: Welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis. And I'm Kevin Compton. Hello, Kevin. Sorry, I I didn't know I
1: needed to step in there. It's
0: fine. I was going to introduce you, but we're cool. Kevin Compton. Uh, Let's talk about Kevin. Okay, this is Kevin Compton. This is a friend of my wife, Pilar, from college, correct?
1: Yeah, way back. Way back. I was was just about to start college when I met her.
0: Okay. How did
1: you guys meet? We met, um, my friend went to Summerstock in New Hampshire, and I went up there and met Pilar there. And what was Pilar doing in Summerstock? Was she performing? She was performing, yep. Do you remember what part? Oh, I don't know. I, I went up, I just went up for the weekend. Mm. I didn't go, you know, I was just visiting my friend George, so, okay. yeah. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, you know what, I think she was in West Side Story, and she might have done that while I was there, too. Uh, I could be wrong. She no, no, no. She,
0: I, she was in West Side Story. So yeah. 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 She'd probably be uh, red-faced and cringing if she knew we were talking about this. <laughs> I'm sure that's true. But that's, that's how it goes, honey. <laughs> uh, so, Kevin, you, uh, when did you start listening to Rock Solid? When did you find this uh, crazy goofy I show?
1: I started episode one. What? Because I listened to On the Page. Okay. And uh, Pilar hipped me to the podcast coming up. So, yeah, I listened back. He who shall not be named. Yes. All those episodes. Yep. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been with there the whole way.
0: We've uh, we've finally surpassed uh, the he who shall not be <laughs> named episodes by a ton. Really? I, yeah, I was. It,
1: it took that long? Like I don't.
0: I, I think I think uh, I think he was here for like one hundred and twenty three, one hundred and twenty seven oh, wow. episodes, and yep. this we've done, you know, four hundred and we've released four hundred and seven. So, right. Yeah, it's crazy. There you like go. when I look at yeah. that number, I'm like. Like someone said, what are you going to do for your four hundredth? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just, just, I just don't know. I just <laughs> think it's a show, right? Right, right. Know. Just keep going. I just keep going. Just it's fun. That's why I tell people: if you're going to podcast, find something you love to talk about. Find something you're interested in, and have fun with it.
1: Absolutely, it's the only way you're going to do it regularly, right? I, it really yeah. is.
0: And I, I've said this many times. There's never been a time when I've been at the house and I need, and it was time to podcast that I thought in my head, oh, I have to go podcast. Right, right, right. Because when, when that feeling comes, then I won't do it anymore. There you go. Because it won't be, won't be worth it. Right, right. So, uh, so Kevin, do you have any favorite episodes that you've heard?
1: That's like, oh, you're putting me on the spot now. I mean, you know what? I, I really, I enjoy the fact that there's, we sort of grew up in the same era, and we don't necessarily have the same no, overlap of taste. we definitely. do not. So, um, I appreciate the fact that I'm listening to stuff all the time that I either... Oh boy, I'm going to listen to a whole episode of Iron Maiden, really. <laughs> um, but then, you know, you get surprises too. And so and we,
0: we try I'm, to, and when we we know when we do a show like that, we're doing a show like this tonight. But yet, you're thinking tonight's we're talking about the band XTC, mm-hmm. and there's someone out there that loves Judas Priest that's thinking, "Am I going to listen to a whole episode absolutely, of XTC?" Absolutely,
1: I get it. But I, uh, totally I get it. emails
0: all the time. They're yep. like, "I did not want to listen to this episode, right?"
1: But you know what? I found a couple of things. Absolutely. So we
0: just try to keep it. F- but we know going into an Iron Maiden episode, that let's we got to be a little yeah, entertaining yeah. too. Yep. But um, I find XTC is going to be in a ton of listeners' wheelhouses because I think I have a lot of listeners that that. Um they've pigeonholed me into only liking, uh, sticks and, uh, and ACDC, And, uh, if you looked at my CD collection, you would see that.
1: that That's definitely not true. Certainly I mean, there true. are, there are a lot of overlaps mm-hmm. too. Yeah. I should say that as well. So big Kings fan here too. Oh, so I'm right the with kinks.
0: you. Yep. And, uh, and this show has opened up my ears. Hello. <laughs> and eyes to new music too. Like I was, uh, I've been a casual fan of some bands like, uh, david bowie is a big example Mm -hmm. i was a casual fan of bowie i knew the knew the hits and then i've just i'm like wonder wonder if i would like a whole bowie album right right and i just started and you know i don't love every bowie album but uh i i bought them all i own them all and and man it's great stuff it's great stuff so um
1: so I'll give you two. Oh, all right. I'll give you two to go okay, back to here your question go. and give it, you know, the the proper respect it right. uh, deserves. Um, def- the Replacements episode recently, big Replacements fan, too. Carly so that Anderson was, one, was fantastic. Yeah, kicking it. And I'm like, uh, you know, I was sitting there. I'm like, I had a lot of saw them a lot back in the day. Mm-hmm. So I had a lot of, oh, I you know want to tell this story. Yes. It wasn't here. So. You want to jump in. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not such a great one for, you know, uh, engaging in social media too. So that's yeah, the yeah. thing. I'd listen in the car all the time. So when I get home, I'm like, oh, I should say this, I should say that, and it just goes out the window and I'm not yeah, logging onto Twitter or whatever, you know.
0: Your emails quite often bounced back to me. So that's how <laughs> that's how much you don't want to communicate. Uh, and I work in technology
1: too, and I have I've been having these communication issues this week. <laughs> Sorry for that by the way, but um, and then the, um, oh, the, the Elvis and Elvis episode as well. Yeah, and another one I wanted to yeah. be in the room for, you know, cause I'm a huge fan of both of those yeah. too. So, and somewhere
0: yeah. down the line, we have to do a, I'll have to do a proper, uh, Elvis episode where we, uh, where we go through the albums because, um, which one, which one are you talking about? Elvis well, Presley Elvis? Costello, All I'm, right. I'm I mean, not, a Elvis Presley fan. Okay. I'm just not.
1: Yep. Oh, and all right, one more, too. Okay, good. I like it. The Tom Waits episode, Mm -hmm. I really wish I was in the room for, because I I feel like I could do, I could pick songs from Tom Waits, and I could choose the ones, I know the ones that would drive you crazy, that would drive everybody (laughs) crazy. Sounds like a Muppet, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. Um, But I also feel like I could pick a couple of songs that I think you'd really like, that Uh, are different, but... Well, I mean,
0: and we were, we were, we didn't crap on no, him the no, whole time, no, did we? No, not the whole he's time. He's an amazing songwriter. It's just, yeah. I'm just not, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of rock vocalists that their, their voice just doesn't do it for me. But I mean, I mean, I love the Ramones and people would, many people would say, ah, oh, Joey Ramones right, right, is a good right. singer, but yep. he is, he's a great singer.
1: Yep, <laughs> Yeah. No, I mean, it's the, it's sort of the Bob Dylan thing in a way, yeah. you know what I mean? There's nobody else for me and he's written a lot of songs for other mm-hmm. people. This is back to Tom Waits. Just yeah. To, um, but there's nobody who can sing them like him. And that's the thing. There's just something about that voice and in all its incarnations too. It's just, you know, he starts out kind of fairly yeah. melodious and then, you know, he does what he does, smokes well, a lot of cigarettes and he gets to where he is. But I mean, it's, it's the character of that voice over y- the years.
0: Usually the person that writes the songs knows how to interpret them the best. Yep. The, the only real great example I can think of to where it's not like that is the who Roger interprets Pete's words yep yep yep. and he's a great conduit to do that yeah and Pete has a great and very nice singing voice too yep
1: yep, but um yeah
0: so uh but other than that I mean literally I always that's why I think when when um when there's when there's things where a new lead singer comes in and they don't want to sing the old catalog it's because that's not I wouldn't have written those words. Right, right, right. So I don't want to right. interpret it's those words. Sort of a words. personal thing. Yeah. yeah. So uh, unless it's like ACDC where the guy passes, then you're just paying tribute to those songs.
1: Right, right, right. Well, So yeah. I was just going to, yeah. I'll just interrupt you for a second if you don't mm. mind, but um, I was—I almost was going to get a little rock-solid bingo in there. I thought I might have got it oh, in oh, there what? where you started talking about mm-hmm. vocalists who can't quite yeah, make yeah, it or yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. and I thought, oh, here's where he's going to play Meatloaf, you know? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I got to tell you, there's so many episodes <laughs> in the can coming up where we play, where we get into that meat oh, really? <laughs> that I don't want to go into it again. Uh, So, Kevin, you're out here on vacation. I am. And you've worked this in. You drove the whole way from Palm Springs. Yep. And on the map, it doesn't look too far, but with LA traffic, it's quite a haul, so I appreciate you uh, putting in the time. You're very welcome. It's my here. honor.
1: I'm very happy to do it. What'd you listen to on excited. the way here? i Listen to XTC the whole way here. All right. My voice may be shot from singing because Mm -hmm. you can't help but sing while you're listening to them, or at least I can. Top of your lungs. Right. Absolutely. Well, I I noticed it at some point. I'm like, you know what? Maybe I need... I'm going to be talking for a long time. Mm -hmm. Maybe I need to (laughs) back it up a little bit, so...
0: Uh, A couple weeks ago, uh, John Lamoureux from the Hustle Podcast was here. ASAP Club has not got these yet, but hopefully by the time they hear this, maybe they will have. But John and I recorded for like six hours straight. And at the end of it, I had a little bit of a sore throat.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, that's some solid solid talking for six
0: hours.
1: I I mean, I've done that singing in the car. You know, I used to Mm -hmm. when I first moved up to Boston from New York um i would make that trip all the time so 4 hours in the car and i had a little boom but i had an am radio in my <laughs> ford pinto that just i would drive front back seat. and forth you know yeah i would just have the, the radio on the front seat and be fumbling with cassettes but singing like a madman
0: uh nothing there's nothing better than singing in a car it's
1: great yeah it's the only place i can do it really it's the only place you yeah. think you sound good too exactly
0: because it's just loud enough to kind of drown you out but kind right. of you kind of mesh with you just feel like oh i'm doing it
1: that's it you imagine that you're that singer yep you know? i am doing yeah. it right absolutely
0: i am a big uh drummer on the steering wheel oh yeah me too yeah and uh i've i get busted all the time when i get busted i just do it i just i just give a thumbs up because <laughs> yeah. uh i don't really get
1: embarrassed no I just don't. Yep, I, I, I do, but in my car, it, I don't know. It's like a shield. Yeah, you're just you're in that bubble, and yep. you know whatever. Everything goes.
0: That's the thing about the, my the Lyft documentary I made. When people would open up to us, I was like,
1: "Why are they opening up?" to Oh, yeah, they're, <laughs> right. in, they're in their car. There you go. Uh,
0: so, what was my next question? What do you do for a living? You want to tell the people?
1: Sure. It's kind of hard to explain a little bit. I guess I work in technology. I work for an IT analyst firm. So mm-hmm. what we have is a lot of. Uh, people who are very smart about technology. So Mm -hmm. they do a lot of speaking about it. They consult with companies. They write about it. I'm not one of those guys. (laughs) What I'm good at... I get coffee. Exactly. It's called a gopher. I don't know if you know (laughs) that, but... um, it's uh, so what I do is I'm uh, good at communicating, so they're not so good at writing and communicating, weirdly enough. So, you know, we edit all their documents gotcha. and we're posting stuff on the website and we're making sure everything, all quality control is up to snuff, all that so kind of stuff. You're so, you're kind of a writer. Yeah, writer slash editor slash. Yeah. It, it's a small company, so it's a you know you wear a lot of hats. Mm-hmm. I I man a video camera when we do video shoots. You know, it's a whole thing. It so.
0: sounds it sounds fun because it's different every day. It is different every day. Yeah, that way you're not getting bored. Yep, yep, yep. Cool. Right. And how long have you been an XTC fan?
1: Ah, so that's uh, that's an excellent question. And I think I'm going to say, Kevin, I th- interview people. <laughs> hey, yep, sure. <laughs> You learn a thing or two when you do that um, I'm gonna say it's 40 years. I was just thinking about this on the drive out here I'm like I believe so a friend of mine made a couple of, made a cassette for me in 1979 when I was first getting into music that was a little different you know and um, he made a cassette of a bunch of bands. Elvis Costello was on it, Grant Parker was on it, Squeeze, um, and XTC, the um, Making Plans for Nigel and mm-hmm. Life Begins at the Hop were on there. And that so then I went out and bought that album and I've bought every album since then. So day release. Pretty much. I mean, back in the Close. day it was you were a teenager, so it was like you didn't really know, you know, no, that's true. We know, didn't you know, know back yeah, then. Exactly, yeah, yeah. You went in, it was there, it's like oh, I'm getting this now. I remember, I
0: you know, they would start to play the single on the radio of a band I would like, and then I would call the national record mart like constantly, right? And I'm like, hey, when's that album coming out? They'll be like, <laughs> right. it's, I, I don't, I don't know, we didn't get, we didn't get a date yet, it's like,
1: right? right what the right. hell, yeah. Well, I remember it was such a big innovation. You would go to a record store, and they would suddenly now have a, a list on the board yes. of uh, albums that were coming and a up. Date. So I'm like, oh, now I know when things are coming out. Great, yeah.
0: And then I, well, I would be there. I was, I'm always, I'm still a day of release guy. Like I'll go, yeah.
1: and oh. We, and I, yeah, and I still right. like
0: the physical music, so I'll I, I, go I know, try to track it down.
1: I'm not. I don't want to waste too much time on this, but I would <laughs> like to just put in a, a commercial for Apple Music. Okay, the streaming service, right? So it's basically a subscription service. I just don't own. It? I, don't I don't own it, it though. I, I know. Don't own I get it. it I yeah. get it. But how much do you spend on CDs a month?
0: We know I get a lot of stuff for free that's because true. of pop All culture. Right. Beast.
1: All right, so maybe this isn't the best example, but I mean I it's have a ten dollars a month, yeah. right? Okay. So if you're buying one CD a month, that's one
0: then, that's a month's worth of the thing,
1: exactly. And you you're just adding everything to you know you can add whatever shows up, and they have stuff weird, out of the way stuff, old catalog stuff. I'm I mean I'm amazed at what I can get. But but I there.
0: can't add that into my iTunes library and burn a disc
1: from it if I want to. It's right, kids. That's, I still burn a disc. There you go. Yep, that's a that's a little tricky they keep saying that you can do it but i I, i've not really tried in all honesty so that's the you know
0: for example here's what i'm doing this week at the time of this record i will be recording with richie ramon on may 1st so i burned an mp3 disc of uh too tough to die animal boy and halfway to sanity and then i've been listening to that in the car because if you burn an mp3 disc you can fit like a hundred songs on it
1: but that's also not to say that you can't buy stuff I, too and add it to your yeah. iTunes. Even stuff that they don't have. If you buy it on disc, it's going to suck it in there. It's yeah. going to put it in the cloud. You're going to listen to it. But um, uh, you can still buy yeah. the stuff and have it. I, and, I just no, I'm amazed. And, and I get it.
0: And eventually, uh, eventually, <laughs> people are going to make this decision for me when yep. they stop making exactly. Phys- <laughs> and that's when I'll have to do it. But until I have to.
1: Well, here's the other side of it, though, too, and this is the side that scares me, is that now, okay, I'm getting new releases through there, I'm getting mm-hmm. stuff that I really like, now they just shut off, shut off the service, now what do I do, uh, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Or that album no longer becomes available, and it's not available on CD, so I, I we're looking at, yeah, looking I mean, at life from pros, both sides now. I think it's now. pros and cons. There you go.
0: All right, Kevin, here's what we're going to do. Um, there's a tier on uh, there's a tier on the Patreon page. I don't even know what amount the tier is, but you can you can co-host the show from afar. You you pick a topic and then you send me songs and then you write up uh, you write up something about each song and, and then we'll we'll do it. So Michael Bagford's done this. He did it with Genesis and now he's doing it with XTC. And uh, Murray was going to do this show, but then you were coming into town and I'm like, I got to kick Murray to the curb for this one. And when he hears, it, he's going to be mad.
1: Well, I appreciate, appreciate it.
0: But Michael Bagford I mean, has picked songs, and uh, and you've picked songs, and I have. Done, uh, uh, yeah. You guys went deep because I I've seen both of these lists, so that's cool. And it, it's that, the kind of paper wrestling.
1: There you go. Uh, I think it's the kind of thing you do as an XTC fan because it's uh it's one of those. You know, uh, Vanity Fair used to do those like. Uh, rock snobs lists mm-hmm. of this or whatever. It's definitely like a rock snobs kind of band, I think. And, you know?
0: And to be honest, as far as their well-known songs, there's really only a handful. Right. You know what I mean? That people would go, oh I know that song. Yep. And they yep. might even go, I didn't even know that was XTC. Right, right. right. Or, I mean I remember seeing them on MTV TV. I remember the, the videos. Mm-hmm. And remember thinking that Andy Partridge—that's uh, the lead guy. That guy's out right. in front. He's
1: a rock guy. He's what a rock are we guy. talking about? Um, and uh, so I will. Say, can I just say this too? Yeah, you I, can say whatever you I, want. I, I think if you tweet, um, you know, a notification to at @xtc fans, there's a chance that Andy Partridge might listen to this podcast too. So I, you know, I, I think it's not out of the question. Okay. Maybe I'm wrong, but he's he's on twitter all the time he's, yes he is he, and he answers he answers stuff he's very involved in anything that's sort of related to xdc yeah. he seems to take an interest in just saying and well, how about this andy get off of
0: twitter and next year maybe play a show at coachello right <laughs> there you go just do one show hey, just hey, do one
1: big show my father-in-law's in palm springs this would be you, perfect you would be there yeah well i so um did you ever see them live I never did. I had a couple of chances, and the last chance was, in all honesty, the show was coming up. It was going to be at the Ritz in New Mm -hmm. York. It was on the list. I kept seeing it, but I was, I think I maybe had just started college or was in my freshman year of college in New York, um, But and I was such a good student. I was like, all these shows at at, like uh, clubs in New York would start really late, and I'm like, can I do this on a school night? I mean, that's that's a nerd admission right here. This goes nowhere. You know, doesn't I, go anywhere between but but us, right? Yeah, I mean, oh, just okay. the two of us. Yep. Um, right. I have I have like the opposite
0: story because <laughs> I'm not a great student in college, and uh, I had a I had a final or a midterm. And it was a class. It was a history class called Far East. Wasn't doing good in the class anyway, and uh, we got we scored Van Halen tickets for the show that night. It yep. was a night class, and yep. that was and it was a 1984 tour. And so I just went to. Uh, uh, the professor uh, Roy Mills is his name, Rock and Peace. Roy Mills, he's not with us anymore. And I said, "Hey, uh, I got Van Halen tickets for the night last minute, and I know we have." And he he just cut me off, and he goes, "Enjoy the show. See you nice. later." Nice, nice. Yeah.
1: There you go. Yeah, I yeah. got
0: a, I got a D in that class, <laughs> and right. that's not a lie.
1: Right. So uh, how was
0: Van Halen, Halen? Great show. Great show. <laughs>
2: right.
0: Uh, let me read from Michael Bagford. He's got a. Uh, He's got a little intro here. He says, and everyone knows I'm a horrible uh, reader. So here we go. <laughs> hey, all you Rock Solid listeners. It's the luckiest person in Rock Solid's Patreon contest. That's, <laughs> that's not Greg Cadester. It's M-Bags. Michael Bagford is the proper name. XTC is a kick-ass band that needs an episode dedicated to them. Most normies don't know who XTC is and are missing out on some great music. Hopefully this episode will get people hip to them. It will probably upset hardcore fans who don't want non-music tangents mixed in with their XTC music. Well, <laughs> Kyle's not here, so we're not going to talk about serial and cartoons. So we're good. Uh, maybe they love that stuff and don't sound like Kyle making fun of, of a complainer. Did I read that sentence right? Maybe they love that stuff and don't sound like Kyle making fun of a complainer. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay.
1: That's Gans. Uh,
0: well, I'm very glad Murray is here. Mm, he's not. Oh, <laughs> It's Kevin Compton. Uh, uh, let me change it. I'm very glad Kevin Compton is here <laughs> since he did an excellent job co-hosting the Genesis episode. Oh, that doesn't work at all because no. Kevin Compton wasn't here. Murray no. did do a great job on that show though. Hopefully, my l- liner notes are easier to read this time. Writing liner notes is hard. It feels like I'm saying this is my jam on most of these songs. <laughs> I'm already I, I I already feel like I'm talking too much. Let us consume some XTC, the band that is. Okay, so uh, I'm gonna start. Uh, I'm gonna just start with his song because um, his first song. And then I'll go to you, if that's okay with Absolutely, you. Absolutely, sure. All
1: right. I'm excited to hear what, what he's picked.
0: First album is White Music, came out in 1978, is what I see. I like that album cover. And his first song that he picked is This Is Pop. And he wrote, this is from Michael Bagford, and he wrote this song after being tired of music being put into categories, punk, rock, metal, etc. His thought was that no matter what type of music that you consider this song, no matter what type of music you consider this song to be a part of, in the end it's pretty much just pop music. So, let's hear a little bit of this is pop.
1: Great tune. So much fun. I like Michael Bagford already and I'll <laughs> hand it to you. I mean, that's the thing. That was one I was going to pick. It could have been on my list because um, it is kind of like a mission statement for them, right? On their first record, this is pop. This is what we do. And they did it. Yeah. That's a great pop tune. Yep. All right.
0: We're sticking with uh, white music. What do
1: you got for us? So... Um, I'm going uh, to the, add this to the list as it, it's really like Andy Partridge as a lyricist is a, a, an unbelievable um, uh, at extended metaphors, right? Creating exten- extended metaphors, mm-hmm. taking one thing and just kind of going with it and just going all in on it. So this is a song called Statue of Liberty that does exactly that. Let's hear it.
0: that's right kevin don't forget to give me the very dismissive uh the finger is what we call it give me the finger
1: right right. um yeah so that's uh you know just i mean it's sort of silly in some way but it's you know everything related to the statue statue of liberty it's impaled on your hair and uh, (laughs) i sail beneath your skirt you know um but yeah it's the beginnings of that as a songwriter for him
0: cool 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 now i um i did not pick a song from every album Mm -hmm. i picked uh I picked a smattering of the hits, because when I saw your, your list and <laughs> M-Bags' list, I'm like, you guys went deep. So I'll throw out the hits uh, as we go along. But sure. I, did, I did actually pick a song to start us off from white music, so we'll hear one more. And I picked uh, Radios in Motion. Nice. Now, Kevin, when we get to your favorite XTC album or your favorite XTC song, please let us know. Absolutely. Uh, this album, here's the band on this album, and Andy Partridge, Colin Molding, Barry Andrews, Terry Chambers. Is is that the band all the time or is there some changes? No, there are get changes.
1: There? there are changes coming. So uh, that stays the same for the second album, but then there are changes. And, you know, yeah. I mean, given what their history is, there are big changes, so. We'll get to all that.
0: And these first two albums are produced by a guy named John Leckie. I don't know yes. anything about him.
1: As never, again, I'm not a big never look-at-the-producer the kind of guy. I know he's he did a number of their albums. He did some of the Duke's albums as well. So, um, I can, I, yeah, I don't pay attention to producers. Huh? Gotcha.
0: I can tell you that uh, this second album, Go To, was produced at Abbey Road Studios. That
1: is very true. So that's yeah. pretty cool. There was I have some nerves related to that, I understand, but...
0: Because the Beatles been recorded here. <laughs> the Beatles. Uh, let's go to M. Bags as next song. Oh, actually, M. Bags, M. Bags has something written about Radios Emotion. Motion. I didn't even know oh, that. Oh, there you go. He put, uh, I like this song, but most of XTC's debut album is not that great. Ah. I don't have much to say about this album, but does Bruce Springsteen have anything to say about it? Hmm. Does mm. it sound like
1: a Springsteen album to you at all? There you go. No. I, was that a way to get you to do... Uh a Bruce impression, or <laughs> oh, oh, I'm so stupid. That's, again, rock solid bingo. Yeah. That would be one. All right. Well, there's not. There's not many. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. There's Maybe that's many. wrong. But
0: um, all right. Here we go. Next song on Bagford's list is from Go To. It's a song called Beat Town. Uh, a go to song for me off of Go To. There's a cool punky vibe in this tune. So let's a little bit of Beat Town. I see what happened here. Uh, Michael also had a secondary list, just in case you guys had uh, some you know, crossover, some crossovers yeah, and yeah. stuff. So that's why he uh, "Radios in Motion" was his uh, secondary ah, list song. So now, go.
1: now I'm now now I know what I'm doing. All right, now I go. get it.
0: Yeah. All right, Kevin. We're moving on to you. You have a. A couple of tunes. I do from Um, Go2.
1: Well, one from Go2 and one I think was released as a B-side to a single. So, but you know, whatever. Now I look at the CDs and it's all mixed together, so I find it hard to remember what was. What do you mean CDs?
0: Aren't you in that Apple Music? Well, I've
1: taken all my CDs and put them (laughs) in there too. So, Um, but uh, so the first song I have is "Red," just a kind of blast of sort of noise um, that also has a hook. They could never stop from creating these really hooky pop songs. So that's.
3: Got the sales in the sunset
1: Nice. Yeah. That's a good
2: tone.
1: I, I mean, I like it. And actually, so I brought a couple of books here, too. And I was just thumbing through them. I didn't get a chance to do too much. Read them when they came out. But Tell me what books you have there. Tell us. Tell everyone. Right, so I'll do them in order that they were published. Okay. First one that came out is called Chalk Hills and Children by Chris Toomey, the definitive biography. All right. So basically just going through the band. Then they went and did XTC Song Stories. So this I used in kind of coming oh, up with okay, some cool. this podcast just to kind of see... If there you know, I actually didn't read about every song, but a couple of things if I could look up. So they went through every song that they created. Every single song. And what are the stories related to that? All that kind of stuff. I like books and like that. That's I like a good one. Yeah, track
0: yeah. by track type stuff. Yep.
1: And that, I mean, I think these came out in the 90s maybe. So that's when I read them. Haven't read them since. But this one is a fairly recent complicated game inside the songs of XTC. This guy, Todd Bernhardt, I guess, was doing mm-hmm. some interviews with Andy Partridge. They were putting them up online, collected them all into a book. It's fascinating stuff. So, um, you know, good, good reads. Good XTC reads, yeah.
0: Now, forgive me, Kevin, but I noticed that you have physical books. Wouldn't those be better in a Kindle?
1: <laughs> no. That, I am old school on a lot of things, but <laughs> I go back and forth on that. I do do eBooks as well. You probably but, like to have sex in person. <laughs> well, you know... <laughs> Back and forth on that as well. <laughs> All right, you have another song that's go to related. I do. So, like I say, I think this was, to me, this is a sort of rarity off that, but it's just a great song. Um, Are You Receiving Me? <laughs>
0: Instead of pointing like, at me, Kevin's just kind of throwing his
1: arms at yeah, like, some I motion, you know? Well, well yeah. I'm not sure if there's a time we're trying to hit, you know, in terms of... No, we're, like, we're fine. Okay. I'm, I'm
0: not real precious with that anymore. Yeah, we, yeah. we used to be like 30 seconds, 45 seconds, and now I'm not really... I mean, I'm going to knock on wood because there's uh, many music podcasts that they'll contact me and they'll go, how are you able to play music? And I'm just like, uh, we just <laughs> what, kind of play a problem? Here's my rule of thumb for it, people, if you're starting a music podcast... When you go to the iTunes store, they'll let you hear 90 seconds. I remember hearing you say that. I mean, if it's out
1: there, what are they going to do?
0: Yeah. I mean, we're, we're only here to promote the music. We're not making money from the music. Right. Most of the emails I get from people say, you're costing me a lot of money because I'm buying so many songs I never heard before.
1: Right. I mean, there's that whole thing of fair use, but that's so open to interpretation. whatever that is. It's, you know, I think it's fine.
0: I've never had a recording artist sit down here and say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, you're playing my music. I don't
1: want that. Yep, Yep. Yep.
0: Uh, I feel like, you know, you know
1: knock on wood. <laughs> right. Everything so, should be good. Go to, before we leave it, I guess it's w- worth saying that this is where there was initially some uh, some problems in the band. So Barry Andrews, the keyboard player, he... Um, decided after their first album, I, I write songs. I should get my songs on the album too. Hmm. So, and at the risk of you know offending all the Barry Andrews songs on there, you could pick any one of those songs and put the Seagull Stinkeroo bumper on it in the front. His songs and are not you'd good. Be okay. I mean, yeah, it's you. My weapon, uh, super tough. I can't even really think of the rest. I, uh, I will, I will say these would yeah.
0: be these would be the Credence Clearwater Revival songs that weren't written by uh, John Fogerty.
1: There you go. Bro. Probably. So, uh, and that was sort of, you know, a slap in the face to Andy. Mm-hmm. It's, this is my band. So that became a thing. He left, Barry Andrews left. He was in a band called Shriekback. Back. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't have any other information about Shriekback. That's all I know. I remember hearing about them back in the day, but... Um, he leaves the story that was kind of all that was sort of all I heard of him, but he works with Andy later in his career okay so. Barry Andrews sounds like a guy that's your accountant <laughs> well, he was even as a young man because they were in their twenties at that yeah. point. he was sort of prematurely balding too, but he was also like a maniacal keyboard player, so he had this thing. you would roll it around like it was a they, big stage presence, apparently they talk so. about that in the uh, in the documentary yes yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. doesn't Andy say, you know play it like you. Like you would really play. Right, right, right. And, and then starts they're like,
1: what is he doing?
0: Pulling a Keith Emerson on that thing. Yep, Moving yep. it all over the place. Right. Uh, so now we, uh, we're we moving on to, this is one of my favorite albums of theirs. Drum, album. Drums and Wires. Yep. They get a, I don't want to say a real producer, but they get a, a, <laughs> someone famous. I don't know if he was famous then.
1: Right, right, right. I think he
0: was up and coming then. He's very famous now.
1: Steve yep. Lillywhite. Right. Worked with everyone. He, I mean, if you see pictures from back then, he looks very young at that point. Steve you know? Lillywhite? Yes, yeah, yeah very hard for me to say that name Lily White (laughs) oh yeah I think that could also be a rock solid bingo too it's getting you to say something with a lot of L's L's sorry (laughs) so uh, we get a we get a guy named uh, Dave Gregory in the band yes great Dave Gregory great guitar player so they're rounding out their sound in a little bit of a different way they're not going the like you know new wavy let's double down on keyboards kind of thing let's get a guitar in there and just go you know full on rock quartet kind of thing um Go ahead. All right, Michael Bagford.
0: He wants to hear day in, day out. Hey, that could be a title fight with David Bowie's day in, day in, day. Woo! <laughs> that I one. said Dave in, day out because of <laughs> David Bowie. Uh, here's what uh, here's M Bag says. He says Colin Molding comes up to to the bat with this quirky and catchy song. Drums and Wires is the first album in XTC's catalog that I would consider rock solid.
1: I would agree with that I, really I like, would agree with that too I, yeah. that's kind of where I entered the story like I say
0: so. alright here we go day in day out See when when I do a show like this, when we uh, talk about an entire band, then I'm like, oh, now I got to listen to these albums top to bottom in depth uh, yep. myself again.
1: Because Me- that's great. Meaning, sort of like after the fact. So after the yeah, fact, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Like I pick my songs for a show like this. Yep. But then, uh, because sometimes I know what song I'm going to pick, mm-hmm. and then I'll I'll peruse the others and go, oh no, I w- these are the ones I want. But then when I hear the deep tracks that you guys are playing, it makes yep, me want to yep. go listen
1: to the albums again. Well, can I go a little rock nerd on that one? Too? Sure. Um, so that was actually not on the original album. When oh. I bought that album, it wasn't on there. Right. But it actually came as a single that was slipped inside the album. That was so always fun back was, in the day. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but in the U.S. one, we didn't get that, I think. So that was only U.K. So somehow I got a, hand, a hold of that single mm-hmm. at some point eventually. Yes, physical. LP, single, (laughs) vinyl. Getting an import
0: vinyl album, when you and I were like in high school, was like it was so difficult. They'd have to order it, and it would be like months right, until right, it right. would come in.
1: Right. Well, I was lucky enough to live in New York, so oh yes, grew okay. up in Queens. We would go into the city, and that's the thing. This was all kind of mixed in with that time. We would yeah. start going into the city. You would go to Bleecker Bob's record store. They had everything. You'd hear. You know, I remember hearing stuff they were playing in the in the uh, store, saying, "What is that?" And then just buying it. So it was a cool time. All right, so what's your first uh, song off of Drums and Wires? So, funnily enough, I'm gonna also give Colin Moulding some love and uh, Ten Feet Tall. But I think did you get the one that I? Mm-hmm. Yeah, did I did the I other one it? too. Okay, yeah. So, uh, but Ten Feet Tall is the, el- the I'm hoping to play the electric version. This was the one that was released as the single. But if you don't have it, that's fine. It's a great song, no matter how you slice it. Um it's uh but there was this was a revelation to me. This mm-hmm. was one of those things. Again, back in the day, it was all records. Friend of mine went to a record show years later. He's like, oh, I knew I know you really like XTC. I got this for you. I'm like, oh, 10 feet tall. Okay, great. It's a song, it's on the album. I played, I'm like, this is a different version of the song. How is that possible? I don't know so which they, version I have. <laughs> right? Now I'm but nervous. they recorded it's fine. It's either version. Okay. I'm just, you know, uh educating the people. Let's see what I have. <laughs> all
3: right the knees, yes, I feel like I'm walking right a ten feet tall. I feel like I'm walking right a ten feet Well, you say I'm faking, and I say don't worry. The way that I bubble, there's something in the make. Yes, I feel like I'm walking right a ten of feet tall. I feel like I'm walking right to the feet tall.
1: So which version is that? So now I'm going to lose all my rock snob credibility and say, <laughs> I'm not sure. Not sure which uh, version exactly. Is. I've heard both of them so many times. Um, I, I think that might be the original. Okay. Yeah. I'm going right. to, you know, whatever. I've lost all credibility. I mean, these but, came from my collection. <laughs> right, so right. I, I, why would I have them? Did it say electric version on it? Then probably so. not. Yeah, right. yeah, yep. They have another one though for us. I do. So again, another. I really once discovering like stuff that wasn't on the album. I'm like, these are great songs. How is this not on the album? I know. Isn't that so, weird yeah, when you find yeah. something great? Right. You're like, what the heck? They just wrote so many songs and they went in the studio and recorded them and they did B-sides, made it so exciting back in the day when yeah. you would look for singles and like, I don't have this song. I'm gonna get this. So and it's amazing now
0: in our in our later years that this stuff is being released on, on CDs and,
1: and other formats, which right, you, it, right. it's
0: cool. You're like, oh, I never thought I'd, I'd have this on CD or right, whatever. Right,
1: right. Well, it, it, maybe now is a good time to mention this, because this is, a. I guess it was the, I'm not sure what time period this was. Eventually, when they started putting out the XTC stuff on CDs, mm-hmm. they put out extra tracks on it. They did it the worst way anybody could do, putting extra tracks on I've never seen it. They would put side one, then the extra tracks, then side two. So if you're no. listening straight, all right, it makes no, no sense. It was ridiculous. It totally changed my experience of it, especially, you know, Andy would always talk about we make records to be experiences, you know? Well, then what, so, what the hell? Right. Yeah, I don't That's know. Like, it was the Geffen re-releases. I don't know if they were so in control of that. I'm not really sure. But the most
0: recent uh, Cars re-issues, I always feel that when you're putting bonus tracks on there, it should be the original album, mm-hmm. then the B-sides. Yep then oh you you're going deep even then <laughs>
1: then live and yep, demo and yep, yep, however you like want it, it. That's, there's a hierarchy you're working on i because, like it
0: because the b-sides were recorded at the same time with the album they were essentially mm-hmm. this was left off right, of the album right, so right. it should follow in the order the cars uh reissues the b it was it was the original album and then demos and live stuff and then the b-sides were at the end right i'm like
1: yeah 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 you blew it it, Rhino (laughs) and Geffen back in the 90s whenever Uh, that was terrible yeah
0: but now this uh, you have a song called Wait Till Your Boat Goes Down this is from this is a 2014 Stephen Wilson remix
1: Right. Well, I mean, we can get into that too. That was that's part of the whole. Andy is basically just now re-releasing all the albums mm-hmm. in five point one surround sound mixes. Yeah. Of course, I, I mean, I think I'm. I sit there in my house. I'm like, okay, so he's got me buying it. Is anybody else buying? It? Like, it seems they like this be. is for me. Must be doing it. Yeah. So, but this is um, just because I had it handy and I was able to sure. send it over. So this is called "Wait Till Your Boat Goes Down." <laughs>
0: Let me ask you. So we we also did a rock solid bingo thing right at the top where we didn't play any music for twenty seven minutes.
1: Oh, there you go. That's good. I didn't even think of that, but that's a now, good one. do yeah. you do
0: you <laughs> do you mind that? Because like no. when, when some of the iTunes reviews often it'll say like these guys
1: talked about nothing right, for right, twenty right. minutes and then finally played music. It's like I mean, easy. I, I, I've been listening since episode one. What I've been doing that, if I minded you guys talking oh, a lot, true. I mean, you know, it's I mean, it's part of the whole thing. It's it's like the it's like a radio show you tune into every week. Mm-hmm. You're sort of visiting with your friends again, you yeah, know, see what and you never know who's going to be here. Kyle's here. He's not here. It's <laughs> Murray, you know, yep. Um. April is off to London, She's whatever, in London. you know, yeah, hopefully yeah. I'll get over there. Uh, Christy's I'm, never appearing again, apparently. So <laughs> Christy
0: started to tweet about we did a Texas tunes episode and Christy's from Texas. But one of our listeners, David, he wanted to do Texas TV. Oh, yeah. And Christy was responding like, Why wasn't I involved in this? But I'm just kind of waiting for Christy to have her show hiatus. Right, right. I right. I emailed her. I said, Let's let's do this when you're ready. And yep. She didn't she didn't respond to it. So <laughs> that's uh but Christy's uh, well, Christy's still around. Love to have her back, love the whole crew. I mean I mean, the, the show has evolved and changed. I mean, it was it was pretty cool when it was uh, it was real rotating, right, 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 right. Mike, Mike Murray, Christie, April, Mike Murray, Christie, and that was, it was uh, you and, could predict
1: it really. You yeah, could and I was I, I was able for. to do
0: that for a long, long time, and mm-hmm. then you know, as my career didn't take off, but everyone else's did, they weren't available. <laughs> but I was still, but
1: uh, oh, I'm I know
0: I'm, I'm half joking. <laughs> what, what do you mean
1: the career of Rock Solid
0: is oh, that's booming? True so but those people are still you know in the mix yep uh you know always mike and murray are the easiest to schedule yep, yep uh christy has a thriving writer's gig right now and mm-hmm. she and she's a mom yeah has yep, a kid yep, yeah and when you have a kid it's it's difficult right. sometimes to uh and she has a young kid so he's he wants her, her attention right everyone Absolutely. wants her attention <laughs> right. but um so okay so i did pick a song from uh from drums and wires and this is a This is a pretty simple pick. People like this song,
1: uh, Making uh, Plans for Nigel. But it's a great song, no matter how you slice it.
3: We're only making plans for Nigel. We only want what's best for him. We're only making plans for Nigel. Nigel just needs that help. happy be happy be happy
0: I love this album cover too I love it yeah but I mean it's such a cool album cover right
1: it's uh, I think they do great album covers too he, you know Andy has a sort of uh visual arts background mm-hmm. so he's uh you know been involved in a lot of that stuff so it's always interested in it's always interesting stuff here's yeah. a, here's what drives me crazy about the name XTC yeah all right It's like, I always think, did they mean ecstasy? Right. In retrospect, it was an unfortunate pick from that perspective. Mm -hmm. Oh, and I have a request too. I don't know if Michael Backford is going to make the same request or whatever, but please don't call this episode the agony of being XTC or anything like that, the agony of XTC. But that's... Every article you read about them over the years, that's what it was the agony of XTC. So, probably just gonna we'll just stay it away from XTC that XTC retrospective. There you or go, some <laughs> right, right. XTC deep dive, or right. something. I mean, you could, you know, you could go drug reference now, but that's the thing, that only happened later, right? So, then you know, in the whatever it is 2000s, well, you start searching music sites for XTC, yeah. <laughs> you're getting completely different bands. You know, you're getting <laughs> if if I if I if I play off the album cover of the next album,
0: Black Sea. I could just call it Deep Dive, and we could use that picture. All
1: right, nice. So
0: uh, maybe that's what we'll do. Okay, so Michael Bagford has picked a song off of Black Sea. He picked No Language in Our Lungs. And let me see what he wrote about that. Here we go. No Language in Our Lungs, a rocking song from a rocking album. Black Sea was their most successful album in America, peaking at number 41 in the Billboard Top 200. Just missed the top 40. Uh, how are you liking the music played today so far, Kyle? <laughs> Kyle will never hear this episode,
1: right, M- Michael? I also don't do a Kyle impression, so you can uh, you can physically see Kyle's posture
0: <laughs> and just the shaking of the head uh, from what? my peripheral
1: vision. So that's a good question, and I'm tainted with this too, mm-hmm. right? Oh, What do you think? What do you think? What do you think he would think? I th- it- I, I think he'll like uh, I think he'll like some of it. Yep,
0: and uh, and and. So far, I think he would like the stuff we played,
1: and right, and maybe as we go on, he may he, he may might not have loo- might lose it, but yeah, you know. But sometimes yep,
0: he'll it. just go, yeah, it's a good song, I like that one. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. yeah.
1: Yep. So funny when
0: he's when he's on, he's super on, and then sometimes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know that he hates Dire Straits. He yep. can't he hated that with a
1: passion. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. I remember <gasps> hearing that, and I just
0: kept telling him they only have five albums. Is <laughs> <laughs> it five or six. I'm like, it's gonna be fine, right? And I gotta figure it out. Uh, Six albums. All right. So, oh, so I need to play the song. There you go. I did the ramp up and didn't play it. Okay. You did? Uh, no language in our. I didn't oh, play oh, it. Oh, did no. I? Right, right. No, we went
1: to Black Sea. Yep.
0: No right. language in our lungs from Black Sea. There is no language in
3: our lungs to tell the world just how.
0: again this album was produced by steve Lillywhite, and it looks like you Padgem was the engineer Mm -hmm. so that's pretty cool goes on to work with the police or was he working with the police oh no not
1: yet but soon
0: um what else was i gonna say about the band stays the same
1: um yeah they're still right they're still the same quartet at that point so the one thing i wanted to mention when you go back to when you played making plans for nigel i should have mentioned this that's a colin molding song Mm -hmm. so Typically, the songs that became the biggest hits were Collins songs. Everybody thinks of it as Andy's band. It it's kind weird. of was Andy's yeah. band, but he did the biggest hits. So, That's um, funny, even isn't it? Um, "Life Begins at the Hop" was "Generals and Majors" on this album was him. So, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's funny. I wonder if that was a. I wonder if that was a sticking point at all with Andy. It may have been with him, but the thing is, it's like. Uh, well, so. He, uh, at the risk of maybe mm-hmm. offending one of my biggest idols ever um I will also say i i'm i the guy I think that Andy's a genius, I think he's mm-hmm. unbelievable there's probably no songwriter that means more to me than Andy Partridge, but I also have i think a healthy degree of skepticism about some of the things he says and some of the things he's done and stuff like that but- that makes you a good fan because
0: I hate the fans that are so. Die hard that everything the band does is great. Right, and everything. Right, right. I don't I hate that.
1: Yep, yep, yep. I yeah. want
0: I want someone to be honest with me. Right. And go, oh, you know, I love this band, but this album's not great and these songs aren't good. Right, right, right. The drummer's
1: a dick or whatever. Well, I, I still may, love them, but I, I, these I, things are true. I may not do that <laughs> because <laughs> I pretty much love everything. Yeah. I do I do have a couple of things I could throw in there, but um I threw Barry Andrews under the bus already on that other album, but um, <laughs> I, you know, it, it's the, I mean, given their history, which we'll get into a little bit too, but, um, you just sort of, and, you know, and because he's so vocal about their history and what it means, and he's yeah. on Twitter all the time talking about all this stuff, you sometimes wonder, well, you know, what do the other guys think about this? You yeah. know, why over the years, it seems like people might have trouble working with you. You know, it's, uh, you know, there is one person in the equation yeah. that is the, you know, the, uh, standard person, you know? So they uh, they were all interviewed though in the in the documentary. They were. Yeah, they were all in it. Even Terry Chambers came back. Barry wasn't, so that's okay. sort of interesting But he was only there for two albums. Yeah. But um is he still it, alive? Is Barry Chambers still alive? I think he is. All right. Yeah, I think he is. Um I mean, yeah, we can get we'll get to that too, but um the 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 documentary to me is the best too cuz it's just like you know, uh Colin sorry, ruled. In. Barry Andrews, I said Chambers. Oh, okay. Barry oh, Andrews. yeah. And I didn't pick that up. But um the documentary is great because it's just this is what this band is. They're so sort of you know steeped in that English sort of pastoral countryside kind of the the three of them, you know, Colin, Terry, even Terry and Um, Dave are just like the most soft-spoken, kind of quiet, non-assuming sort Mm -hmm. of guys. Andy's a little bit more so, but he's even not that much, you know. Um, They're just very British. And the fact that they've sort of stayed in Swindon all these years and, you know, um, that's their thing. They had some, you know, flirting with the outside world, Mm -hmm. but, um, (laughs) you know, uh, they're very British. You know, I I... I made a tape back in the day that was... A mixtape? A mixtape, yeah. Physical copy that was... Um, I was seeking to prove that XTC were the reincarnation of the Kinks. Okay. Like, same thing, very British. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Start out with a kind of jaggedy sound, you know, and move into something a little bit more polished. And, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't really account for the end of the Kinks necessarily. Yeah, but when they
0: became arena rock.
1: I, right, 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 Exactly. Which I I saw them back in that day too, so just nice. uh, (laughs) um, But um, they, um, like, even there are songs that you could just kind of link up, you know? Mm -hmm. So, Smartest Monkeys and Ape Man and, you know, Respectable Street and uh, almost anything by the Kings, but, you know, Dead End Street. Uh, So I went through anything with street. Exactly, right, (laughs) right. Um, But it's that very, you know, sort of English kind of thing. Um, as,
0: as far as the songwriting goes, this this is what I equated to when I first moved out here. Uh, everyone was doing sketch shows. We're in a sketch show, and I would go see these sketch shows, and then afterwards, I would tell my friend, "I'm like, we're friends. Whoever it was, I'd be like, oh, these these four sketches were awful, and it would be like, well, everyone had to everyone had, <laughs> oh, to, write, yeah, yeah, had yeah. to get their sketches in, yep, I'm like yep, yep. that. I go, that doesn't make a good show, right? The best sketches get in the show, mm-hmm. and. If the other people, if the other people are good actors but not good sketch writers, right, right, right. well then their sketches don't get in the show. Yep, yep. I, yep. I never, I rarely saw a sketch show out here where I was like, every sketch was great. Right, right. It was always like, Ugh,
1: sign all these people up. Three of
0: those were good. At Ten. <laughs> right. And uh, my friend would just laugh. My friend Chip Chinner, he would laugh. He'd be like, "You gonna come to my sketch show?" I'm like, "Is it good?" He's like, "Just come." I'm like, "No, no." <laughs> He's like, "My, I'm in some good sketches." I'm like, "All right, <laughs> right, right." Uh, so we're at uh, we're
1: still at the Black Sea. We need to play your song. Yep. So the uh, one I picked is, I always sort of think of it as, because it's sequenced on the album with another song too, mm-hmm. so I always think of it with that song, and it's kind of hard to kind of break them apart. But on its own, this is, uh, I'm going to say this a lot tonight, I'm sure, but this is one of my favorite songs. Okay. It sort of sets the tone for a certain kind of song that Andy writes, which is just completely optimistic and open and sunny in a way that a lot of pop music doesn't do you know mm-hmm. so burning with optimism's flames
3: now you see i'm smiling back to juvenile i learned her lesson in like flip and styling all the world is moving curl around my necklace finger i can stop this printing so assume i'm winning through pessimism in the air it's spinning crashing to the corner just like a magpie She claims she's found a way To make her own light All you do is smile You banish blood She says she's burning With optimism's way She, she says
1: she's burning Yeah, just get to the chorus. Yeah, it's a great, yeah, great tune. Great song. And it's, I mean, this album is like when they, at least... On record, I never saw them live, although Mm -hmm. I've heard live recordings from that period. They just sounded great as a, you know, pop quartet. I mean, you know, bass, drums, the guitars, just unbelievable. And, you know, the stuff that I have heard live is really tight, really great. And... This will play into the story as we go on, okay. too. Andy is like a crazy person on stage. You know, he's like a maniac. He's all over the place. That's Seems great. Seems to be loving it. Yeah. Which is interesting in terms of what happens. Right. So, yeah. yeah. All right. We're, uh, we're moving on? Sure. Moving on to English
0: Settlement. I put an accent, heavy accent on the T when I said that. I don't know why. <laughs> no idea why. Uh, M-Bags has two songs from here. Maybe nice. you couldn't decide. But the first one is Melt the Guns. A quirky number that has some pretty relevant subject matter. One of Pat's favorite bands, Fish, previously covered this song live earlier in their career. Now look,
1: I don't really know Fish.
0: <laughs> I, they just seem like a, a Grateful Dead jam band, and that's kind of not my thing.
1: That's definitely not my thing either. So you know, if you love it, you love it, and I applaud you. And people do.
0: I mean, yeah. It's- and I mean, they, there's there's tons of output. So God love you. Mm-hmm. But here's melt the guns. All right, And then I'm going to play His other one back to back This is Jason and the Argonauts I love that movie That's a great movie Stop motion Love uh, Ray Harryhausen Love it Yeah, yeah. Fantastic uh, I saw that on the big screen When I was a kid For some Did reason Did you really? I played wow. my hometown yeah. oh, That's awesome uh, Jason and the Argonauts This song was performed On their last tour Supporting the English Settlement album So this is the last time They toured Was on this album? Yes Wow Yep. Uh, after the band's leader, Andy, suffered huge bouts of stage fright and no longer wanted to perform live. The band ceased touring for the rest of their career. This happened in 1982, which was 36 years ago. Also, this album was produced by U. Padgham. They brought him from the engineer position right into the producer's chair. <laughs> ¶¶ what kind of income they had because if they didn't tour they they weren't like a multi-platinum selling band
1: right so i wonder i mean i mean could they make a living with with just you know what i'm saying i do i i I have no way to judge any of that stuff too like i don't even know how musicians who are touring now make money and i I understand that generates a lot of income and stuff but nowadays i mean i guess that's the only thing nowadays right you're never going to do it from you Know anything you put out, downloads, whatever that is. It
0: used to be how did it used to work? The the money they would make on the album sales would support the tour. Yep, I think now the touring right, right, right. makes people aware of the new music, mm-hmm. I know, right, right? It's right. reversed now. Mm-hmm. But, um,
1: I, I, I went to see Elvis Costello last year, and part of the ticket was I got his new album, so he's your a, favorite. I mean, it's XTC, Elvis. Okay, they're, they're both up there. Yeah, they're both up there. Yeah. Right. I mean, I've certainly seen Elvis live mm-hmm. more than I've ever seen XTC. I should. Say, I'm. You know, I was. I'll say this at this point because I didn't really finish the part of the story before. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. This it was not your fault. I think I just sort of lost track. Mm-hmm. But, um, I. When I saw in the paper that XTC were coming at the Ritz, I was considering going, but I was thinking I'm a good student, am I going to whatever, you know, uh, probably more a nervous student than anything. And so in, I I think I probably would not have gone, but they canceled the tour anyway. Okay. So that was the tour that they just didn't show up for. And yeah, canceled the whole a US tour, lost a ton of money over it. I mean, it was ridiculous. And to fill in some of the details too, I think, at least this is, again, this is what Andy's saying now happened, that right before he went on stage in Paris, his wife at the time, he had been taking Valium from from his teenage years. And his wife just said, well, you don't need these anymore and flushed them all. And he was done with Valium. And from there on, that was it. It was coming off of Valium, and uh, he says he hallucinated all this stuff. And then one time on stage, it just got to him, and he walked off stage, and that was it. So
0: okay. Well, now that now that you're uh, now that he's settled and and comfortable in his own skin. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be,
1: wouldn't it be, would you like them to like do a tour? Would you like it? I mean, I would, I would. I absolutely would. Who wouldn't? Yeah. Um, I, so, uh, I didn't know if I was going to mention this or not, but I also have, we're the same age. I don't Mm want to, but, uh, and, but you definitely go to more shows. You won't have this problem, but, um, I have come up with what I call the old guy rock show rules. (laughs) So the old guy rock show rules are three criteria. That definitely have to be met if I'm going to go see a band. Okay. And even then, I might not. Let's g- give it One is, me. it's got to be in a place that has seats. <laughs> okay. One is, it has to be um, a show that starts early. And <laughs> it has not. to be on a Friday or Saturday night. All right. Um, you could not meet one of those criteria. I might still go to the show. Two of those criteria. And I pretty much am not going to go to the show. If you don't meet three of those criteria, you better be XTC or I'm not going to see you. So... so
0: so two weeks ago, when I went to see Vince Neil on a Sunday night, <laughs> uh, that wouldn't have been...
1: Well, that That doesn't meet a lot of criteria for no. me right there, but... Well, the, re-
0: <laughs> the the main reason I went to see Vince Neil is because uh, my friend Lisa, her uh, brother-in-law is Vince's drummer. Mm-hmm. This guy's name is Zoltan Cheney. Hmm. He was phenomenal. Oh, oh really? Because... He he was like the person that you you were watching during the show because yep. he does all these drum theatrics. It's crazy. He kicks the cymbals and he he could, he'd throw his stick down and it would bounce off the floor and go up in the air. And, he, and but he wouldn't miss a beat. Right, right, right. wow. I'll show you videos when we're yeah, done. Yeah. It's sure. inc- it is insanity. Yep, yep. yep. And uh, and Vince was terrible. Okay,
1: <laughs> so um, what's your song from English Settlement? So the song that I picked is a song called. I will just go into it. Just called Snowman. So I picked that um, particular section of the song just because, and, and I I'm, I'm should probably apologize to Michael Bagford at this point. I should probably <laughs> apologize to your listeners. This is turning into a Kevin biography here. because But they are completely intertwined you know, with where I was in my life I've, at uh, all that's, these that's points. That's the you know? great thing I mean, about music. I get that, right. That's exactly right. If you're a fan, that's exactly, it brings you back to where you were at that point. So um, that line though, Um, you know, song is again, one of those extended metaphors. Why do you treat me like a snowman? Mm -hmm. You treat me so chilly, you know, all that treat me so frosty. And, um, the line in the middle that almost doesn't scan, Uh like it doesn't kind of fit in there, but it's, um, people will always be tempted to wipe their feet on anything with welcome written on it. And I, I sort of adopted that as my, Poor, misunderstood young person. Mm -hmm. I'm putting myself out there, nobody understands me, kind of thing. That's good, but it's exactly that, you know, exactly that. Because you felt like these guys understood you, absolutely. Yeah,
0: yeah. Here's the thing like, this is why I always say music is the best art form. Because, like, when you say, no one says, When I saw that movie, it took me right back to the place in the the theater when I saw that movie, right? Right, right, right. (laughs) But, But with music, like, I always say, music, you can music happens
1: everywhere right. all the time it, 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 it can, is built into your life yeah. and
0: and i love music because you can do other things when you're listening to music mm-hmm. you can do the dishes and listen to music you can't really do the dishes and watch a movie a right. movie you need to focus yep television show you need to focus on what's going on right right like um, it drives me crazy if we're watching a movie at home and uh and i do it sometimes too so yeah but uh and my, you know, my kids are on their phone. I'm yep, like, yep. Hey, hey, hey! You're missing. right. You <laughs> right, just, right. Did you, you just, just see that? Or and they're like, I oh, know I'm listening. I go, you're listening, but you just missed a visual right, right, thing. Right. It's not going to make s- you know mm-hmm. what I mean. So yep. I'm,
1: um, I'm right there with you. I, I mean, we're going to lose that battle too because that's happening too. I see it yeah. with my niece as well. Yeah, it's just the it's way difficult. things are going. It's but just the way things are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm the same way.
0: And I do it too. I'm sometimes on my phone when I'm watching like a TV shows.
1: I, I really try not to be. That's the thing. But that's good. You know, good for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, it's also hard not to be. You know, that thing calls to you. Yeah. But so a couple of things to mention about English settlement Please before do. we leave it too. So as you say, this is the one that you know they they put out this record it's I think everything that we played was on there's a US version and a UK version when I was you know it was coming up to christmas time I wanted this record I told my mom buy English settlement the import version because it's got more songs on it so it was like a double album but you import. have to
0: order it in september exactly
1: right I don't know what I was thinking I mean that was yeah. very naive of me that my mom was going to go anywhere that they would have had it did she do it did you get it she did not i got the original <laughs> so i got the single album damn it, it fine i mean it's still a great album every song on there is killer but my friend had the uh, you know i had the double album mm-hmm. so i you know recorded on cassette all the songs that i didn't get and there are great songs on there too yeah. so like i say i don't think we played any of them um but um it's uh you know, just unbelievable songs that were left off that album as part of that. Well, I do
0: have a song, and it is the first time I probably ever saw XTC or heard them, and it was on MTV, and this is Senses Working Overtime." I will tell you uh i purposely went right into the middle where it you know kicks yep because i wanted to say that now when mtv came out i would just if i was if i was watching mtv i didn't change the station mm-hmm. stayed with mtv because you didn't know what was going to be next right
1: you should, When three this song, minutes and something well, yes. else was going to be on when
0: right. this song starts i remember the first time seeing it i was like the hell is this right because right. it's
1: very it's not It's weird at the top, Uh, especially the way it starts. It sounds like he even said it. I think in the documentary that it's you know it's sort of like a pastoral kind of thing. You know, it's like a a, his voice doesn't sound. It just sounds weird. Right,
0: right. right. I I I don't want to. You know, but but then. So if if I had heard this on the radio for the first time, I would have turned the station mm-hmm. back then. Yep. But I, I'm I'm glued to the MTV, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden when it kicks in, I'm like, well, no, well, now we're talking.
2: <laughs> right. And now you now got I me. like it. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: so I'm like, oh, well, now I'm okay with how it starts, and yep, I'm okay yep, yep. with
1: all that stuff. Right. 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 Now oh, I
0: want to I want to tell ahead. you something about uh, something that you can't do in your Apple Music
1: oh, that boy. I can do here. Yep. Yep. Yep.
0: Cueing these songs like you and Michael game in the cue times. I go in, I select uh, the song. I go to option, and then I can type in when I want the song to start. So that's why when I push play, it starts at 37 seconds or a minute 20, whatever you guys told me. Yep. Because you're recording them from that, or well, because it, I'm playing all the songs from this iTunes library. This computer yep, here yep. is only for this for this uh, show. Yep, yep, yep. So I I don't mind changing the the times on the on the MP three.
1: Oh, I see. All right. See what I, I mean? Yep. 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 So I do. just
0: tell I just say start eight seconds in. That's why I, I don't have to find the, the cue point. That sure. would take forever. That's true. When I push play, it goes right to where you or Michael told me to start the song. Perfect. Can you do that with Apple Music? I, I'm sure you could. Damn it. <laughs> I don't know. I Damn don't know. It, you're that's... supposed to say no, <laughs> no. Oh, and then, and then, and then the... I win.
1: <laughs> right, right. I need to win. It's not a competition. Right. I was trying to bring something to the table that <laughs> you might benefit from. Okay. I, I, I see the best of both worlds. Yeah. I see you just add this to the mix mm-hmm. as something that you might enjoy.
0: I love going to UCD stores and and finding CDs that are like two bucks. I know. Or three I know. Bucks. I'm like, I,
1: here we go. I, I know. I've 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 lost that. I've definitely lost mm-hmm. that. It's but, because of the show that I still continue to do that and mm-hmm, seek out right. a bunch of stuff. Well, and, I mean whatever. the Salvation Army episodes are cool too, you know. That's, goodwill yeah, hunting. Yeah. Goodwill hunting. That's you can do sorry, it with Salvation Army. Right. We do, don't really have Goodwill by yeah. us, I guess. Amy Lehman came up with the title, right, right. so I, I wanna and it's a great title too. What would the, well, if we did Salvation
0: Army, what would we say? What would the show be called? <laughs> I don't know what it would be called. Yeah. i I'm, I'm can't think. All, All right. right. We're going to Mummer.
1: Um, sure. Uh, just one more thing before we Absolute. leave English you Settlement. Keep it's talking, man. I know it's. Uh, um. So this is where we lose Terry Chambers, right? So the drummer says, uh, "You know what? I'm not so into the not touring thing, not playing. <laughs> right. You know, I'm the drummer. What am I going to do?" So he just leaves. He's he's. It's gone. a drag just to be a
0: studio drummer, right? Right. right, right. I mean, right.
1: I mean, great. Right. What are you going to do? Sorry, Hal oh. Blaine. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Um. So. Um. The, I'm sorry <laughs> Well, Pilar, uh, Pilar yep, just walked yep, yep. in And and so, you know what I'm not a professional broadcast. No, 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 it's fine We can keep going if you I want I want to have a slice of that pizza All right, we can do that too You finish your thought and Then right. we'll stop down so for a second The other side of the him stopping touring And this is just me This is just me talking again mm-hmm. Just between you and me But um. You know, Andy said it's the pills. He had previously said nervous breakdown, whatever that Mm -hmm. was. I've heard some of the live stuff from that tour. And as you can tell, these are kind of, you know, they've added a lot to the sound, very intricate arrangements, you know, a lot of different things going on. I'm not, I I mean, I'm just saying this is total, you know, paranoid, ridiculous. It's just me making it up. But um, they may have just been too hard to. To create, recreate yeah. on stage. Yeah, I mean, sure. I've heard some of the some of the live stuff, and they weren't like the kicking band that they had been for Black Sea. They were sort of slowing it down. It's a little more pastoral, you know. And it, a couple of the songs don't quite sound as good as they do on the. It ring.
0: takes a certain kind of Stuart, Stuart Copeland type drummer to be able to
1: be super creative in the studio and then actually do that live too right it's, right right. It's difficult. right right and and because they were a little bit slower too and you know i think like getting to you know you can perfect the vocals in the right. studio too where when you were playing raucous rock songs mm-hmm. as they were doing previously you could get by on a kind of yelp you know right, exactly and yeah
0: all right so now before we move to mummer you have uh you have something here i don't know what this is what is this yeah
1: so this is um, I believe an outtake from English Settlement. And it's funny because it didn't show up on the, you know, on the extended, on the UK version that, you know, the, the double LP. Um, so it wasn't in those songs, but it was, I believe it's a B-side from uh, the single of Senses Working Overtime. I think it happens to be Colin Moulding's best song Wow. called Blame the Weather. High praise. Yeah. yeah. a little bit of a jazzy tune absolutely yeah well that's the thing again with english settlement they're starting to get a little bit more expansive they're starting to um you know do some things that they hadn't done before expand the sound a little bit so
0: all right let's move into mummer let's let uh michael bagford take it uh from here and lead us into mummer uh he has chosen a song called ladybird i like that movie did you see that movie ladybird i did see that movie i like like that movie yeah it's a good movie yeah uh, nothing to do with the song, I'm sure.
1: No. This song was- Would have predated
0: from, the movie. From, by a, unless they knew something- Yep. That we didn't know. Lady Bird, here's what Michael Bagford has to say. A lovely song off the album titled Mummer. I always want to say Murmur because of the- Right. The R.E.M. the R.E.M. song, yeah.
1: And the thing with the heart.
0: Exactly. Right, <laughs> Murray. <laughs> uh, right. This album doesn't get discussed that much in XTC's catalog, but it's a great album to get into. Do you feel like that? I do.
1: Um, it's the, again, you know, post, uh, touring now, now they're not going to be touring. They're just going to be doing studio stuff. So you listen to it and this is the first time, maybe English settlement a little bit. I had this experience when I bought the XTC albums, I would listen to them and I didn't like them initially. Mm -hmm. Like they were sort of too you know not immediate you know yeah yeah. so it was like you had to i like a song that has a lot of hooks that you could really kind of get into and you have to sort of find the hooks they're there but they're very complex and they're sort of loaded with other stuff once they hit you you never forget them and you're totally in so
0: So let's hear if we can find the hook in ladybird right
3: all through the eye
0: songs are they're they're dense with instrumentation yes. and i don't want to use this this example but i'm gonna it's like a, it's like peeling off the
1: layers of the onion until you you find that hook absolutely yeah yeah i mean they're just loading it up with stuff because why not now we're not going to tour now we don't have to do them on stage no so, so you can do anything you know, and they you know andy always talks about now i have all these colors in the studio mm-hmm. that i can paint with so let's go yep. yeah yeah Let's go and not make any money. Exactly. Well, all right. When we, yeah. Hold that thought to the Big Express, but. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, what's your song from Mummer? So my song from Mummer is, it, I mean, it sounds like it's going to be a bummer. It's a ser- very serious subject. <laughs> a bummer from uh, Mummer. Right. <laughs> the bummer from Mummer. Um, but so, you know, it's a, sort of trying to deal with the um, history of uh, particularly English slavery, slavery mm-hmm. in England, but uh, I, it was sort of the first song that, maybe not the first song, but we were, you know, um, definitely a group that were sort of politically aware. And this one was one that sort of just opens up your mind. But it also is just a great song, too, and has great hooks about this very serious subject. So, And what's it called? It's called Human Alchemy.
2: We
3: the files of trade with human coal And made our verses from the...
1: Yeah, so blood, the color of the rain that grew our wicked harvest, black the icing on our cake. Yep,
0: yeah. that's that's definitely an uplifting poppy song. <laughs> right,
1: right. I mean, but the drums there, and again, Terry Chambers was a great drummer through the whole thing, you yeah. know, through up until where, you know, English settlement. But and I'm not sure off the top of my head who played drums on Mummer. I don't have that. I can find but, it. Okay. So now they're just getting session drummers to play. Actually, Terry might have played on he some He plays of these, on but, two songs, yep. Beating
0: of Hearts, Wonderland, and a bonus track called Toys.
1: Yep. All and then a guy great. named Peter Phipps. I don't yep. know anything about Peter Phipps. There's something to know about him, too, and I can't... He was with another band, so he's famous for something. I just don't know it. Let me try to find it. I
0: do not try try to pass this off as knowledge I have in my brain.
1: Yep. I definitely don't. I should have it, but... Uh, He was the founder... Michael Bagford is screaming right now. I
0: know. (laughs) Phipps was uh, a founder, founding member of Glitter Band. Hmm. Originally known as the glitter man. All right. I maybe know not. Anything. Maybe not. There's just, there's so much to know. And there's so much music. Yeah,
1: there are more famous drummers coming up. I, I can't know at all.
0: Right. Uh, we had a, we had a, we had a visit from, we stopped down for a, a little bit. We had a visit from Pilar cause her and Kevin are old friends. And this was going to be the only time they're going to get to see each other. So I'm going to ask you real quick, going
1: to go on a tangent. What's your favorite movie? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I mean, it, it, you know, over the course of years, it changes. I'm going to give you maybe two kind of cliche answers. Okay. Um, Casablanca and Lawrence of Arabia. I'm so glad you didn't say Chinatown. Oh, really? <laughs> you don't like Chinatown? Not really a fan of it. Okay. All right. Is that only post-Polanski backlash? Because I struggle with that.
0: It's not It's but- not post-Polanski backlash. I've just... Really? The first time I saw it, I was like, I, I really don't see what the big deal is. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It was just like, I think it's, it's, think it's one of those, It's it happens many times. You hear so much about right, this. Right, is the right. ma- this is the most yep, amazing yep. thing. Uh, it's taught had, in screenwriting classes. Yeah,
1: it's a classic. It's, uh, and then right, I'm, I'm right, like, right. really? Yep. I mean, that said, I haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah. So it's not a well that I'm going back to all the time. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So say the two again. Uh, Casablanca, me. Lawrence of Arabia. I've never seen either one of those. Oh boy.
0: I know. And we just uh over over Christmas Pilar said I really want to see Lawrence of Arabia. Mm-hmm. And so we bought it on
1: Blu-ray, and then we haven't watched it yet. Yep, yep, yep. Well, I mean, I, again, so you may not be surprised to know that I'm also like a crazy film nerd too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there's a theater in uh, you know, around in my area in Massachusetts. Sure. And they do, you know, they bought a whole thing. They have a guy who's a projectionist there who's a maniac <laughs> and bought the whole like 70 millimeter thing. Yeah. Like I've never been a fan of a projectionist before, Yeah, but he's so like... I saw him on the stage one time criticizing the Criterion Collection for their the way that they letterboxed a certain movie, wow. and I'm like, wait a minute, I thought the I thought the Criterion was untouchable, was the thing exactly. Yeah. So um, he sort of earned earned some grudging respect from that perspective, and so he makes sure he does like a 70 millimeter festival he, every year. And so they showed Lawrence of Arabia a couple of years ago, and I've seen it so many times yeah. over the years. But it was like seeing it for the first oh, time. Oh, that's it fantastic! Was unbelievable! It was so good.
0: Now let me ask you something. Are you telling yep. me that my Criterion uh, collection copy of Tootsie <laughs> might not be <laughs>
1: might not be in the correct aspect <laughs> ratio? Oh, that's uh, yeah, going yeah, to kill sorry. Me.
0: <laughs> I do love Tootsie. I do own that on Criterion. Great movie. Collection.
1: Yeah, yeah. It holds
0: up too. I just watched it recently, and uh, there's only one there's only one section that doesn't hold up. And it's when Dustin Hoffman uh, babysits for Jessica Lang's uh, child oh, because I don't it's, even it's remember it. oh it is all the tropes yep. of all time. Oh yeah, because yeah, yeah. he's a man so he doesn't know how to yeah. do anything. Right, and there's food everywhere. Mr. Every, Mom, food everywhere. The house, of Ma- right, right, it right. Doesn't right. get like that. <laughs> right, like whenever I see a movie and the guy's like you got a clothespin on his nose to change a diaper, I'm like, right, fuck, right. fuck this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I just yes. hate it. Three men and a baby when they're hosing oh. the baby's butt off in the sink. That's come on.
1: I don't think I've ever seen it. Oh well, it's not good. Yeah. All right. The Big Express. The Big Express. All right. So here, you know, we're now. Um, this is the one I don't know. I I have it, but I don't. I don't. I probably listened once. I don't know much yeah, about this is it. Yeah, kind of a reason you wouldn't know it. I okay. mean, it's it's a uh, okay. We haven't toured you now. We had one album out after the tour. Let's just double down on how bizarro we can be. Let's <laughs> just go. I mean, my my friend used to describe it as quirktastic. and he also would sort of tease me about because I didn't matter to me. I was an XTC fan. I yeah. got it. I loved it at the time. Sure. Um, listening to it now in retrospect, it was hard to pull a song from this that wow. I was going to play. And you're you know, a fan. Exactly. I'm a huge fan, but um. It's, uh, it is quirk-tastic in its own way. There are, I think there are the the spines of great songs in there that they just sort of like went overboard on it, I mean, it's called the big express. They're in like a train garb on the front of it. It's a whole, there's a train wheel, wheel. in one of the yeah. pictures. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it sounds a little like a train, so that's possibly on purpose. But it's like, my friend used to make fun of me, like, okay, so what is Andy just sitting at home, like, going crazy and just writing? (laughs) Like, songs on it are like, Seagull Screaming, Kiss Her, Kiss Her, and what are some of the other song titles? Um, I'm not getting them off the top of my head. Uh, Oh, Shake You Donkey Up is one of them. and Yeah, All the Pretty Girls, girls, Shake You Donkey Up. Right.
0: The everyday story of small town. I bought myself a a liar bird. Right, right,
1: right. Rain of blows. Yep, yeah. I mean, so they just kind of double down on crazy, and you know, there's a sort of interesting (laughs) beat thing going on. Double down on crazy. Yeah. So, what'd you pick? So, the song I picked is called "This World Over." Another serious topic, but sort of done in his extended metaphor way. It's another Andy song, and it's about the end of the world. And all right, yeah, here we go. song that's a good song yeah Yeah. that is the one that i i think they released it as a single at the time too but um that's the one that i I will hang my hat on and again i think there are good songs on there Mm -hmm. they're just sort of i'm not sure what the production thought was
0: let's see what let's see what bagford says well the world over was his secondary song okay that's that's definitely a good one if you both pick it there you go but his uh his first song is wake up and he, he doesn't say anything bad about the album it just says uh The awesome opener from the Big Express, written and sung by Colin, Uh, should have been a hit single, but it did not wake the charts up enough.
2: Nicely done, little clever
0: wordplay. Here's "Wake Up." Let's see what this is like.
1: whispering of wake up wake up wake up um yeah so i I mean i don't know and again i played it like crazy when it came out but it's that sort of clanging it's a little bit more cacophonous than their stuff had been up until that point so you know it's probably it's one of those things i'm sure it's an acquired taste for a lot of people i loved it at the time listening to it again i'm like yeah i don't know i had a little trouble picking one to go with Mm -hmm. I I understand. I have albums
0: like that. Mm -hmm. I still have it in. I'm a completist, so I still have it there. Right, right. Got to get it. Now we're going to take a little. We're going to veer off here a little bit. We got some a band called the Dukes of Stratosphere. What is that?
1: So they. I don't know anything about this. Really? Okay. They took a little tangent themselves, so I'm not sure what the initial thought was, but um, they said, "Okay, well, let's if we're not going to do anything as XTC." we're not going to make any inroads let's be somebody else completely so we're going to do an album as a fictitious 60s psychedelic band um, and just you know kind of go crazy in the studio they all said that it sort of took the pressure off they just created these fun songs they did a lot of crazy fun sounds in the studio they actually did it twice um, so i you know they they and again this was just me buying the lps at the sure. time this came out this first came out as a Um, uh, an an EP, like six songs, and it just just so happened that I was getting into like 60s garage rock at the time too. Mm. So again, it all goes back to my biography. It, you know, I, I was just so open to that and then getting into psychedelic music as a result of that, and then they go and do this, and this was my favorite band, being a fictitious band, kind of fun thing from the 60s. It's a crazy thing. It just hit at the perfect So, But this is, time. this is it's all XTC. It's all the band members.
0: It's, it's all like, XTC. It's like if Rush made an album, but they called themselves the Emperors of the New World. Exactly. Or some
1: craziness. Yep, yep, yep. Did they do that? I, I, uh, I, no, yeah, I, I, I just know. pulled that right off the top <laughs> no, of my head. Right. I don't even know what that means. Because other bands have sort of done stuff like that over yeah. the years too. But Chris Gaines. There you go. Yep, Brooks yep, is yep. Chris Gaines. right. Um, I know, I can't think of too many. Frankie but. Valley and the Four Seasons
0: recorded as The Wonder Who. Oh, really? Wink, I, wink. I did not know that. But then as soon that. as you heard it, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah I yeah. know who it is. Yep, it yep. sounds
1: exactly the same. <laughs> How is that not going to sound the same? I know, exactly. Yeah So, uh, what songs are we going to hear? So, the song is um, from that first EP is 25 o'clock. Well, that's not a real time, it's a psychedelic time. Sometimes
0: I feel like this show goes until 25 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'm gonna
1: Very evil vocal. Absolutely. Yeah. They're sinister. They had crazy names for themselves, too. They were all different people. Sir John Johns, The Red Curtain. I'm again. Peter Pumpkinhead. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Presaging things to come. (laughs) Um, But I would also say, like, the fact that they went in and they did this thing that just totally freed them to do. They all loved psychedelic music, Andy, particularly. It's kind of what they grew up with. Sort of freed them to do what they were going to do next. You also so, have Kaleidoscope. Do we want to hear that? Um, so that's the funny thing about that. I, I put. A, I, uh, we can. We'll listen to it now. The way it came out to me was um, that EP came out, mm-hmm. then Skylarking came out, and then the other um, album, the other Dukes album came out. But okay. let's play Dukes again now, play Kaleidoscope. And um, that was, they were all now released on one CD together, so it's all part of this Chips from the Chocolate Fireball, whatever. <laughs> but the second album came out, it was called Sonic Sunspot with P's, P-S-O-N. Okay. Yeah. Here we go. a lot does that remind you of anybody uh a little bit of the zombies that that works definitely all right what were you gonna say their whole thing was with that with that one particularly they the second one sonic sunspot they sort of um each song sort of can be tagged to a particular band almost okay so to my ears that's john lennon oh yes i'm only sleeping yeah you know yeah and and Um, so they but they also do kind of nods to the birds they do the hollies they do um the beach boys you know so they and as you go through it it's kind of fun game to mm. see if you can pick out what their influences it, it's were it's very sim-
0: this is the, a, a weird to put these two together it's very similar to what billy joel did with the innocent man album everyone but every one of their songs is a different oh, f- uh, okay. 50s band yeah 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 like, there you go like yep. that's his this is our right, Frankie right, valley right. in the four seasons and this is our Dion in the Belmont. Right. right, right. Or whatever. But yep, yep, yep. that's what he tried to do with that album. Right, right, right. You're not a Billy Joel fan. I'm not a Billy Joel
1: fan. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm from Queens, but uh yeah. the Long Island influence didn't he uh didn't take. He is an asshole. <laughs> uh, so you, you both uh
0: coming up you both have you both have two songs from Skylarking, but you both you both have a crossover. But uh I'm gonna let you start. This is the album produced by my guy i just bought tickets to see him on may 9th nice uh todd rungren right. I, I try to own i try to buy all any album that todd rungren has produced yeah yeah and um i just love todd rungren so much and and he's playing a uh, he's playing a great set list for a change uh he's doing two sets the first set is hits yep and then deep cuts and then an encore of songs you know.
1: Oh nice. I think did you tell that story about like a New Year's show or something or was it one David of David the... Wilde told that right, story? Right right right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And if you right. can find
0: that set list, right, it's right. abysmal. Like yep, you yep, you'll yep. you actually go, I don't know one song. Right.
1: And I'm not the biggest Todd Rundgren fan, but we almost mm. went to see him on this tour, I mm. think, cuz uh, but it probably was on a weekday or something, <laughs> you know, so um, it didn't fit your criteria. It ex- didn't fit the criteria, so I'm not big enough fan to make the effort, but mm. uh, you know, just cuz I've heard that he's really good live. Yeah to and the stuff that i know the hits and stuff i really like so yeah. Yeah. and there's
0: but there's lots of controversy with this album surrounding andy and todd Rundgren. right 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 this they even released it in a what what's the version
1: the non-polarized oh, the, right, version right, right, right. or yeah, not the, re, the polarity reverse. correction version yeah yeah yeah, yeah what so, what the heck does, uh, I mean, Do you have that i have that does it sound any different not to me I mean I don't know That's the thing I, And again I may, I may not be the most Sophisticated listener Yeah yeah But Andy swears That it's different And I got that I get it in every version You know Yeah Full disclosure This is my favorite Of their albums It's a lot um, of people's favorite Absolutely I, think. I mean it's I think it's their masterpiece It's a classic Yeah yeah And Um so anytime he puts one out, I buy it. it. You know, the first one that I ever got was one of those like 24 karat discs yeah, that yeah, was yeah. supposed to sound better, I guess, and sounded great. I mean, over the years, it's one of those, I remember listening to it in, in headphones on a train and after years of listening to it, just hearing different harmonies and things that I'd never heard just because the mix is so gorgeous, so beautiful, you know, um, but the whole story with the, I, I, I don't know. He said that what happened was the one that got put out was a master tape that somebody should not have put out. And then there was a, you know, the the polarity was some, you know, knob was twiddled the wrong way I don't or even some, know what that means, right, yeah. right. Some like, you know, cord was in the wrong way. The poles were reversed. So they just went in and corrected the polarity. I, I can't hear the difference. Now, I'm, I may just not be that sophisticated a listener. This
0: must be a real sticking point with Andy Partridge because uh, I mean Todd puts his stamp anything he produces right. really has a his thumb is on it mm-hmm. his thumbprint is on right, it right 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 and uh, and this is this is deemed one of their uh, their best albums right everyone right, right. it's yep you know, people's favorite, right, right. right. and uh, and so it's like, is it was that because of the band? Was it because of Todd or did everything align perfectly? It
1: feels like to me everything aligned perfectly. And some of that may just be there had to be that kind of creative clash, mm-hmm. too, because, Andy was, has been used to getting his own way. You yeah. know, he's worked with those producers over and over again, I guess. And you know, slowly the band has dwindled over the years. You know, and now he's not touring. He's just going to yeah. work in the studio. If you want to work with him, this is how you're going to have to work with him. And, they, and
0: yeah, and they recorded Todd's home studio,
1: right? Right. And I think the whole deal was, again, according to the documentary, that they were told by the record company that we'll drop you unless you choose a, an American producer. So um, they went through a list of those producers. He said, "I re- I remember Todd Rundgren. I know the songs that he's done. We'll go with him." So this is and a the story, rest is history. This
0: is a story I hear often with Todd Rundgren because yep. I think the Psychedelic First had the same thing. Oh, really? And for their third album, yep, they yep, yep. choose, and then so they went with Todd. He oh, produced, yeah, yeah. Uh, Love My Way, and with well, the whole album,
1: which I mean, Love My Way was it's a huge fantastic. hit for them. I mean, yeah, yeah,
0: he's he's a great producer. Yeah, yeah. But another thing about this is he's. It's not produced by Todd Runger and XTC, or it's just him. Right. He's the producer. Right, right, right. So, okay, let's get into some skylarking and we'll start with uh, Kevin. What song do you want to go with?
1: So, the uh, song that I chose, uh, again, if you're, I feel like they, having done the Dukes, now they're wearing their influences on their sleeve. This cleared the way to be able for them to be able to do this, which is. All right, we're just gonna let it all out there. This is who we are. We love the Beatles particularly, so that kind of shines through. So this is Earn Enough for Us.
0: honest it sounds like the polarity is off on that <laughs> i mean
1: seriously throw
3: this back
1: um so. played that song at our wedding oh nice it's, uh you know maybe not the best song i'm praying that i can earn enough for us but you know <laughs>
0: <laughs> um now michael also had that song let me oh read, nice okay let me read what he said about that song he said where, where don't i see there it is uh this should have been a hit single but it was not meant to be Mm. This album is usually regarded as one of the great albums of the 80s. It definitely deserves that status.
1: I would... I would uh, second that.
0: Now, is there, is there a version of this album that you do think sounds d- definitive? Definitive or, I, sounding I mean, version.
1: Honestly, I am a sucker for those 5.1 surround sound right, remixes. Right, right. I get them. I sit in my living room. I'm a maniac. It's the only time But you, that have, I this, really... you have the capacity yeah, to. Yeah, right. I have a surround sound system okay. in the living room. But um, yeah, and not everybody has that. No. But. Um, And these are the only ones that I get that, you know, get that for. I've never heard another surround sound mix of any other music. But it's the only time now that I sit down and just listen to music. You know what I mean? I will sit down and put these on and just listen to them to hear the effects and everything. I'm not sure that that's the definitive version, but, you know... Uh, I mean they Remixed the album For that too And Mm -hmm. so Funny I was listening Just on the way here too All my XTC shuffled So I have so many Different versions Of Skylarking Including (laughs) like Instrumental versions And all this stuff Came up so much You know there was just So much Skylarking stuff Do you do what I would do At the
0: house I would announce it to everyone Hey everybody (laughs) I'm gonna go in the living room And I'm gonna
1: listen To my 5.1 mix of Skylarking This is my Skylarking time I would
0: like to not be disturbed
1: For (laughs) 49.2 minutes Generally in my house. It's like, if I can find that time, I'll then just go and do it. You know, I'll know that people aren't going to be around.
0: It's actually 42 minutes and 13 seconds. Could I just have that? Right, please. Okay.
1: (laughs) All I do around here,
0: I can't have 42 minutes, 13 seconds of my own time. Me time. (laughs) Let's go with uh, Michael's other song from this album, uh, Ballet for a Rainy Day. Mm. And he says, Skylarking is a pretty great album that is produced well by Todd Rundgren. It would have been cool if Todd produced another album for XTC, but Andy and Todd did not get along very well. In Todd's defense, I don't think Andy gets on well <laughs> with other producers besides himself.
1: In, all right, so I'm not the only one who has that uh, skepticism. Okay, here we go, Ballet for Rainy Day.
3: Orange and lemon roll and tumble together Just like fruit from a tray new head news all a scenery sunlight shifts oil.
0: Anyone that's really into Todd Rundgren and his production work, there's an amazing book written by Paul Myers. It's called A Wizard, A True Star, Todd Rundgren in the Studio. And uh, this is for sure talked about uh, at length in that book.
1: Nice, yeah. I'd, I, I've sort of heard Andy's side of it so much mm-hmm. that I almost would like to hear the other side of it. I know. I think they had sort of a Twitter feud <laughs> fairly recently great. about it. All these years later, you fantastic. Know, but exactly <laughs> right. You just can't let it go, huh? You guys made a masterpiece. You yeah. know, come on, give it. a Why break. can't you all enjoy it? Exactly. Look at
0: the great thing we did right, together. Right,
1: right. Right. Nope. Yep. It was because of me. It was because
2: of me. <laughs>
1: right. What but, uh, uh, the the thing? The other thing about this album, too, I think, is that. I as a fan I was brought along. Like if if any other band had released this song this album at any other time, I don't think I could have heard it with the same ears, you know? They sort of brought me along on their journey to Skylarking. You know what I mean? Just sort of the more stuff that they were doing in the studio and the layered production and the unbelievable harmonies and, you know, I yeah. can't say enough about it.
0: What's your next song off of Skylarking?
1: So uh, it's funny, uh, again, not that when it came out, it was not on Skylarking this song. So this this is the famous story of it was uh, not on the album, but what was on the album was a song called Mermaid Smiled, and I still have my LP version of that album without this song. Okay. They released this as they released Grass as the single, and Dear God was the B side, and some you know, stations in the U.S. apparently discovered the B-side and started playing it, and people took, up, took it up, and it became a hit for them. It became one of their biggest hits. Back so. in my
0: day, they'd bring the single in, and we, we'd
1: flip it. <laughs> we decided.
0: <laughs> we, we, no one had a record company, did not we decided what we B-side. played.
1: B-side.
0: Here we go. Dear God. Be honest, the polarity
1: just doesn't sound. <laughs> I should have hipped you to the volume shift there. I, I, I think of it not necessarily as an angry song, but that obviously is the angriest part of it. And I just like that you know, give Andy some song, more songwriting credit. He yeah. does unbelievable bridges, too. Beautiful bridges. I, I don't even know necessarily what that means as I'm saying that. I'm right. not a songwriter, but I know it's that little piece in the middle of a song that gets you to the next verse. But that's exactly what it is. There you go. I love bridges. Yeah, you got to have a bridge.
0: Uh, I'm going to play,
1: we're going to give Skylarking a
0: lot of love. I'm going to play, I think this was the single, That's Really Super Supergirl. Was that a single? Might have been a single, I feel like yeah. I heard this one on the radio. Yep.
3: I can't hold you down.
0: Before we continue with the discography, I'm going to sidestep here for a second. In uh, 1988, there was a John Hughes film that came out called She's Having a Baby.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Love that film. It, yep. I haven't seen it since I saw it in the theater. Yep, yep, yep. It might not hold up. But at the time, <laughs> I really Bacon, enjoyed it and uh, Elizabeth, and Elizabeth McGovern. McGovern. Yeah, yeah. And I really loved it back then. And yep. it has a great soundtrack. Yep. And there's an XTC song on the soundtrack called... I got-
1: Oh, What were we going to say? I got the soundtrack album because the, the XC song. song was on it. Yep. This is nowhere else but on this album. I think they've released it on Rag and Bone Buffet, but... Oh, okay. Yeah. This is Happy Families. Mm-hmm.
3: Have you got this fortune? She's the daughter of rich parents. Hope she doesn't cry. One four letter word is all she wants, but you can't buy love, so there's no supply. i oh.
0: I used to like when soundtracks were original motion picture soundtracks with new songs by and they, you couldn't get them anywhere else.
1: Right, right, right. It was what, always fun. What would generally happen to me is though, I would only there was like one song that I wanted, so I'd buy the whole no, album yeah. well, just that's for that true, song. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then, you know, you might find some other stuff that you liked.
0: But and then you might not. Y- exactly. It might just be that song. All right, right. All right. Uh moving on to sure you don't have anything sneaky in here
1: well, i i can sneak something in if you want uh, just to mention because i think you might get a kick out of this okay. but it's a single that i bought years ago and i thought i had a digital copy of it but i couldn't find it mm-hmm. you may not you don't even necessarily need to play it okay but it's a single that he did uh just sort of on his own with a couple of other people that andy did i should say um and he's uh, that you know that's really super super girl he's yeah. a big comic book fan okay so apparently there was this english comic book called buster gonad about a guy who has giant testicles. so He's my least favorite superhero. (laughs) (laughs) He was such a fan of the comic book that he and a number of other people wrote a song about Buster Gonad and released it. And I'm not sure. I think that Colin might play on it too Um, called Bags of Fun with Buster. And they released it as uh, Jasper and the Gesticles or something like that. And it's a terrible song. It's, you know, if you had the... Um, Stinkaroo Sting, this would be one to do, but, um, it's, uh, just because you might get a kick out of it. T- again, you take that extended metaphor that thing that he does so well in a lot of songs, he did the same thing here, which is every word for testicle you can think of is in there. Some of them are clever wordplay, I'll give him that, but...
0: All right, let me see if I can, um, and what was the band called they recorded under? I think it
1: was called Jasper and the Gesticles, or...
0: Johnny Japes
1: and his Johnny gestic- Japes and the gesticals. Yep. Bags of fun with Buster. Let me see if I can find this.
0: Hold on. Talk amongst yourselves, everybody.
1: <laughs> all right. I'm all out of testicle talk here, so <laughs> you have more testicle talk. <laughs> I'm sure you do. So uh all right. Let me, let me get this. Uh, But it was one of those things. I was in a record store one time. I'm looking through singles, and they they must have tagged it as this is XTC or this is because I got a lot of when they released the Christmas song that they did, um, "Thanks for Christmas" Uh as the Three Wise Men. I knew that was XTC. I bought that as a single, so I was always looking for stuff like that, and this one came through. All right, here we go. Oh boy,
2: you it's a single (laughs) stinkeroo.
0: and then it just takes me a second here and then i, boom, I laugh
1: every time at that um, i be so dumb how you gonna look it's not andy singing i should say it's this guy john otway all right what the hell
2: is
3: that? Who's that dragging what looks like a pink sack of spanners down the road this swollen folly on the supermarket trolley to alleviate the load Tomfoolery. It's to the rescue of humanity, and it looks a lot of balls to me. And it's fun and and Mary Rollins with Buster Goons are all the spazzing facts
1: of. Us
0: it says this is seven minutes long.
1: Oh yeah. Well, there's talking and there's all kinds of stuff. There's shenanigans. Well, you know, going on. you know what there is, Pat. There's um, at one point, the, somebody says in the song, "Oh, how does your sax? How does your sax swing solo?" And they're like, "Oh, sax swing solo," and they go into a sax solo. That song
0: has sax appeal. Woo! There you go. Hello, oranges oh, and lemons.
1: Oranges and le- who wants some yeah, oranges and lemons? Well, let's clear our palate of that. Yeah. All
0: right. Michael Bagford. I'm going to go to Michael because he's got two songs. Sure. Let me look through Michael's notes.
1: <laughs> oh, here Extensive we go. Extensive notes.
0: All right. His song is Here Comes President Kill Again. Is that the guy who's in office right now?
1: It's, uh, this was definitely uh, leading <laughs> up to that. He's maybe uh, prescient. This song is about America's tendency
0: to vote shitty people into office. <laughs> It's well put together and has a great Beatlesque bridge. XTC is great at sounding like the Beatles. All right, let's hear. Here comes President Killigan. Side two of Sergeant Pepper, correct?
1: I mean, that's the thing—they're all in yeah. on the Beatles stuff again, yes, they right? Are. Yeah, and you know, you see that album cover too, right? Very sort of pop art. This is the—they recorded Skylarking in New York, upstate New York, and this one again, they had that kind of rumbling happening with Dear God, so they had some stuff going on. They're like, well, let's um, capitalize on that. But we got a band that's not going to tour. How are we going to do that? So, but they like well, at the very least come to L.A. and and record your album. So the, this was recorded in L.A. Okay. Um, and it's got you know it's got that kind of bright open sound. I, I mean, I love it. I think it was great. It came after after a couple of years from Skylarky. Maybe it was yeah three maybe three yeah yeah. Um, and so they didn't tour. But what they did do was they they're took, still not touring. They're still not touring, but. <laughs> They took their acoustic guitars and they went on a radio station tour and oh. played the songs live on the radio That's stations. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. So that was... And the, they actually first went to MTV and did it. Um, so Andy, yes, Andy credits himself with oh, he creating unplugged. unplugged. All right. Yeah. I, I mean, it's. I guess it's kind of true. Nobody did it before, you know, whatever. Did he also but, create acoustic instruments? Exactly. You're right there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. It depends on who you ask. Wow. So, yeah. but And, of course, it's one of those things. I remember when it happened in Boston, mm-hmm. and I happened to be working a job that was driving a van between different video stores, and I was listening to the radio all day. So whenever I knew they were switching radio stations, they did three radio stations in Boston, I'd run home, pop a cassette in, and record it And then I would go back out on my route So you still I have, have a lot of those Yeah, I've digitized them too Oh, good for you Yeah, yeah, yeah That's yeah. cool So um, That sounded so dismissible Oh, good for you <laughs> Real good Good for you Yeah
0: So uh, now I understand that Andy Partridge created podcasting
1: <laughs> I believe so he's That's true he's, yep. he's credited for it Well, so he, he, uh, one of the things that he does on Twitter now is he goes through and looks through like um, you know sites that have information about XTC and creates a series of tweets called the Corrector. <laughs> so he's correcting the record on what is out there in fandom and what they're saying about the band and him.
0: So- go go outside and get some sun. <laughs> right, right. Go get on the treadmill. Yeah. Jesus Christ, Andy. I mean, uh, he was also in the Partridge Family, correct? Absolutely.
1: So your next song is. Uh, my next song is from Oranges and Lemons, and now I'm going to switch gears, shift a little bit more love to Colin. Again, the same kind of thing. Colin's got the the hits. Uh, uh, you know, you can't take away Mayor of Simpleton. Certainly a great song, but um, you know, uh, King for a Day was a huge hit. Um, but the other S- Colin song, one of the other Colin songs on the album, I really like. One of the Millions. Like, and Colin featuring his bass playing on that is just awesome. I love that little section of bass play. You know, that, that little bass riff is terrific.
0: Produced by someone named Paul Fox, but I don't know who that is.
1: Yeah, I don't know either, but it was. I think it was a big deal too. Well, he's a good, good producer. It yeah, sounds great. sounds great. Yep. Michael has another
0: song off of Oranges and Lemons, and then the playout song today will be by me, and it is actually from Oranges and Lemons, but I'm not going to say what it is. Okay, his other song is Across the Ant Heap. A pretty rockin' tune. This album has Pat Mastellotto on drums. Yes. I think he did he play in, Mis, in Mr. Mister? I believe that's true. Uh, I don't think I said his last name right. I'm terrible with last names. Uh, it's a hard one, too. He says, who I think is the best drummer XTC ever had. That's what he says. They never had a drummer that slacked,
1: though. Right, I mean, it's hard to They're it's hard drummers. to fault Terry Chambers. I love if you listen to from Skylarking the sort of jazz number that mm-hmm. they did, "The Man Who Sailed Around His Soul." That drumming is unbelievable. So this is we'll just say this is
0: Michael's personal favorite. Absolutely. He likes this guy. Yeah. All right, this is uh, across the ant heap. I don't I don't remember this song. Let's hear it. Two eighties for me for some reason. Oh really? That sounds a little. I don't know. Overproduced. Sort yeah. Of. I mean, it's late. It's late eighties. It's, it's eighty nine, right? Yeah. Sounds.
1: I don't know. It definitely. I mean, it was a little bit uncharacteristic for them to be that bright, you know. To but um I think it works yeah. for just about everything on the album.
0: Might have been the polarization.
1: There you go. <laughs> So far, there's been no controversy. You might uncover something here tonight. It's true. (laughs) Uh,
0: Let's move on to 1992. They break into the 90s. Let me tell you, this is when grunge comes along and ruins music. (laughs) So I don't know how these guys are going to fare. Right.
1: Well, that's the thing about them, though, too. Again, they just sort of trod their own path. Sure. Yeah, they really do. Right. You know, who would have thought that Dear God would be a hit when it was, you know?
0: Now, this album's produced by a heavyweight producer. Produced many of the early Elton John albums, hmm. and I don't I don't know how to say his yeah, last I wish I, wish name. I knew producer Gus Dudgeon. Dudgeon. Oh yeah, Dudgeon, Dudgeon. Yep, that's how you say it. Dudgeon. Yeah, I mean yep. he produced all the huge '70s hits for Elton John. Yep. Well, they so uh, this is pretty cool. They yep. must have been psyched
1: to work with this dude. Um, and again, who who would have thought that they would have hits in the you know in the '80s? Yeah. with these songs, and they were they were ready for it. You know.
0: So this is 1992. I'm going to go first. Let me go first. Sure. I'm just going to get this. This is this is this was a single. This is a hit. The Ballad of Peter Pumpkinhead.
1: Named Dave Maddox on the drums. He sounds like he's doing a good job to me. He's good. I believe. Um, I could be totally wrong on this. I think he was the drummer for Fairport Convention. Let's check it out. I think. Let's see if my let's check it out. Let's if my knowledge best holds.
0: known for his work with drum roll.
1: Yeah. Fairport Convention. Nice. Now, all
0: right. this drum roll that you hear, this is why I never drummed for XTC. <laughs> it's the
1: extent of my drumming. Not up to the Maddox attack. N- nope. No, the Maddox attack. <laughs> um, I had nothing oh. there. Oh, I was, for a
0: second, <laughs> no. I thought we stopped recording. Oh, no. It All of a sudden, it, there, was just like, there was just silence. Right. I was like, what happened? All right. Want to go with... Uh, Bagford's got three songs on this, but I think one of his nice. crosses over. Yes. He has a song has one of the songs that you have, so okay. I'm, I'm not going to say what that is. I'm going to yep. take it off the list. I'm going to remove it. Okay. Bagford's first song is The Disappointed. Here's what he says. The lead-off single from None Such. This should have been a hit in the States, but it did not chart, which probably made the record company disappointed. Yeah, Michael, I bet it did. A yeah. little bit. Yeah. The Disappointed What's your
1: like this album a lot
3: yeah
2: this is a great <laughs> this album is a really great yep, album yep
1: i mean by this point that's the thing they had just created what they were doing so well and it was so different than anything else you heard on the radio like the idea that Pumpkinhead was on the radio to me was unbelievable it's yeah. my favorite band and they're actually getting played you know
0: yeah it, it was it was a thrill when you would hear your favorite band yeah. being played when you thought maybe they were
1: done right and right. you hear all of a sudden yep hey wait a minute Right. Well, for me, almost Skylarking was the beginning of that. And then the fact that, you know, from there to Oranges and Lemons and Such, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it was all gravy after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, what's your song? So the song that I have, this may be, even though Skylarking is my favorite album, this may be my favorite XTC song. Depends on what day of the week you ask me. But um, it's the sort of apotheosis of his, you know, completely open and non-cynical And just sort of loving lyrics. It's called Wrapped in Gray. Have you pause it there Yes. Just for a second, and then we'll play the rest of it? I, I think this is just such an unbelievably gorgeous song. Okay. And just the, produ- the production is so great. And it's, like I say, completely non-cynical. And as much of a cynical guy as I tend to be, I'm a little bit of a romantic, so it mm-hmm. totally speaks to that part of me. Up to that point, you had, like, I think these two very complex, gorgeous verses coming up. And this is the way it ends. All right, here we go. It just kind of feels like he didn't know what to do. It just kind of feels like it just clunks to an end there. Yeah, it's that's the a shame. the only thing I didn't like about it. But up till then, it's a perfect song. Up till then, you had me. There you go.
0: Maybe, maybe fade it down earlier. I don't know what to do. All <laughs> right. Here's what Michael says about it. Wrapped in gray, one of Andy Partridge's favorite songs that he wrote for the band. Virgin Records was going to release this as the third single from Such, but this was aborted by the record company. The band refused to work for Virgin from then on until their contract expired in 1998. So for six years, they were bound to Virgin but refused to record anything. Right, because they would have had to put
1: it out. Yep, yep. And I remember that time. I remember hearing about that. And again, it was maybe just the beginning of the internet. So there was not a lot, lot of information that you could get necessarily, but I just remember, all right, we're on strike from Virgin. We're not going to hear anything from them until they get this result. So I just thought that's it. We're just done. I'll never hear anything from him again. Yep. And uh, again, I don't want to step on any, he's got other songs. He's got up, one so more. He from, might, he's got one it, more from none such. Okay. I'd be uh, Interested so far Bagford is killing. Backford is killing it. There's it's very nice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hopefully he's, he he's, would say the same about you. All right. If, hopefully he will. All right, you're where, where are you you're on Twitter. I am on Twitter. What's I your, don't tweet. I'm not.
0: But you uh, know, when this comes out, people will want to like uh, follow you and tell you you did a good job, or tell you that you
1: suck. Twitter exactly. one. See, that's what you, exactly. You, you there you, on, you go. You know the internet is. you know which side it's. Where are you at on Twitter? Just so say. here's my Twitter handle. This is why it's also hard to follow mm-hmm. me. It's Bing C B I N G C underscore nineteen ninety nine. Good luck finding it.
0: All right. Well, <laughs> you can slow it down. You can back it up and you can hear what, <laughs> right. what, uh, what Kevin said. Okay. His next song is Rook. A really beautiful piece off of None Such. Andrew Part- and- Andy Partridge was frozen with writer's block and suddenly this song came to him. He does not understand what the lyrics are about because the lyrics just came to him.
1: All right. They came to me from, from the Lord.
2: Rook,
3: rook, gaze in the brook. If there's a secret, can I be part of it? Crow, crow before I let go. Say, is that my name?
0: This one really has a Joe Jackson feel hmm. to me.
1: Yeah, I, I I don't think I've ever thought of that
0: before, but I could hear that. Even the vocal at the beginning when it yeah. started was very Joe Jacksonish, and then mm-hmm. all, all the piano, all the keyboard.
1: Cool. Yep. Yeah, another beautiful song. I, I mean, I don't think you could pick a song from this album that I wouldn't like. That's so your second, true for sec- most your of second categories. favorite album. Um, After I don't know, Skylar cause King? I, I, you know, I also appreciate the earlier period, so I mm-hmm. might put Black Sea up as a second, okay. as you know, just a an all around great pop album of its time, you know. They really do change their sound, though. I mean, yes. it's
0: still you still know it's XTC, but. Right, it's, right, uh right.
1: more lush, yep, should we say? Absolutely. I mean, I don't know what all the um, you know mechanisms are for getting that sound, yeah, but yeah, yeah. it does just sound like there are layers well, on layers of I think it comes sound.
0: I think it comes with maturity, I'm not making a mm-hmm. joke, and um and honing your songwriting craft and right. you know, the first U two album doesn't sound like mm-hmm. the later stuff. It's yep, yep. It's just different. Right. So now we're moving on to a couple of things that I, I'm really not familiar with these. Too. Are these like really proper XTC albums?
1: They are. They're absolutely so. That this was the strike. You know, the they band waited out lifted. the strike, and right. the band was lifted. They could record somewhere else, so they started recording stuff for themselves. I think and putting it out. I think it came out on something called Idea Records, which may have just been them. I'm not even sure. Sure, but it was. Pro- I think apple venus came out apple venus volume one came out in 1999 i believe and it's a he had an idea for doing two albums one of them was going to be like a you know totally orchestral slash acoustic album and that's what apple venus volume one became and then they had these other songs and that was going to be their electric album so within the span of maybe Two years, these two albums came out. And again, I had been waiting all this time. I thought that they would never record again. And um, I love Apple Venus Volume 1. I think it's... I, you know, had trouble picking a song from it because they're all such really good songs. Yeah,
0: Sometimes when a band waits that long, the anticipation is so... Strong that it right. doesn't live up to what you want.
1: Well, I, I, I mean, I may be the worst, you know, I, I may be so far in that you cannot trust a word I say because <laughs> I just like everything pretty much. But I think I'm tempered. Now, also on this album,
0: uh, Prairie Prince plays drums on this. He's yep. from the Tubes. Yep. He also tours with Todd Solo. Yep. And he was credited on Skylarking with some little bit no, I think he did
1: in there. I think he did play drums on it. I think he may be drums all over that. On Skylarking? Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to backtrack. I uh, might be wrong about that, but... I am mm, not. I don't know if you're right or we'll wrong. I'm talk to the corrector. I'm going to look. I'm going to look.
0: Prairie's a great drummer. I've met yeah. him. He's super nice. Um. You know what's funny? It doesn't say... Doesn't say. It says additional credits. It says Prairie Prince, the part of the time bomb. Is that like a cute mm, way to say might that be, he's, yeah. the, he's keeping time? So. I guess
1: so. Yeah, I, because right. I think I had always heard that that was him. So. Okay, then it must yeah. be. Yep, he's a good drummer, yep. and so he's the guy who did uh, the uh, man who sailed around his soul. So, and that's what we're that's, gonna hear. No. No, I'm sorry. The, no, the, that was the drum part from uh oh, 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 so, yes, that I yes, talked yes, yes. about before. Okay, I'm yeah. sorry. So, what we're going to hear from Apple Venus Volume One is a song called Green Man. What's that about? What's the green man? It's a good question because my friend Jim has asked me about that too. Oh, and I, fucking I, Jim always has to <laughs>
0: chime in with, with pontificate about
1: music. Absolutely. He's always uh, on about XTC. But he, uh, it's, I think it's, you know, I'm not English enough to know it, I think, but it's some sort of, you know, not quite Druidy, but some sort of, you know, figure mm-hmm. from the English wilderness or could it be a martian could be a martian a green man could be i mean i don't know that that necessarily goes it's more like the you ever see the movie the wicker man yes like that kind of thing like that you know sort of agricultural society that's worshiping some mysterious figure yeah i've sadly also seen the The remake the
0: remake Uh, at the theater oh nice at the theater wow with with pilar and i we we, we we were we were we took one of those uh Hey, let's go. Let's go to Santa Monica for the weekend. We'll rent a hotel room, and, mm-hmm. we're, and then we're like, let's go to a movie. And we and there was there was really nothing playing. Yeah, yeah. And I forget what she wanted to see. I really wanted to see The Wicker Man because I, I love the original. Yeah, yeah. And oh my god,
1: it's <laughs> it is. Yeah, there's the bee scene, right? It was the crazy. It bee, is. Yeah, it yeah. is so bad. Yeah, like it's so. Bad. I did see it. We saw it on video. I, I I'm gonna probably piss off a lot of Uh-oh. film fans, but. I'm not that big a fan of the original like I don't know I uh, it was I think it was that same kind of thing I'd heard so much about it over the years yeah when I finally saw it I'm like really that's it mm-hmm. so I get it I mean yeah. I'm like
0: it's it's not a film I'll argue for yep <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna <laughs> go writer. how dare you turn off your mic <laughs> a lot of people would though people yes you know, yeah yeah I've been really into the hammer horror films lately oh
1: yes I I've heard you do that I'm um, from a kid, I was way into those too. And I started buying some of them a little bit before you started getting Mm -hmm. into them too, just because around Halloween, you just throw some on, but they're awesome. They're great.
0: I just got one in the mail today, uh, from shout factory who does a great job. I think they have a, I think they, I think they got uh, the rights to all the hammer films. They're doing them. They're very like, they're very much like criterion, but for like horror films and right, stuff. right 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 but, uh, i just got what's it called it's got a really long title it's like the golden voyage of something and versus dracula it's oh like, yeah 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 it's
1: like the one where was it the shaw brothers right dracula meets the seven you y- know whatever seven samurai brothers some, yeah, or something something yes, like that yeah, right. i just
0: got in that that in the mail oh nice. today
1: yep and again i have no idea
0: when i'm going to be able to put that <laughs> right, in right. for me time <laughs> right Because, uh, now hopefully tonight Pilar will start to fall asleep and I'll go, I'm going to put this movie in. Oh, what are we (laughs) going to watch? You're not going to watch anything. What are you reading? (laughs) Yeah, you're not going to... Because it is so funny when I'm watching these, she comes in and she's like, this looks terrible. I go, no, it's really not. It's actually really... classic. It's really good. Right, right. I say Christopher Lee's Dracula is better than Lugosi.
1: I'm not sure I would go that far. I'm going that far. uh, I mean, he's great. He is undeniable. Because he's, you know... Fellow Lugosi created that stuff, right? He created well, everything you think of as the, Okay, but everything <laughs> that you think of as the Dracula, you yeah. know, as all that stuff, the accent and the hair and the cape and all that right. stuff. And but you know, Christopher Lee plays him like a madman. Yeah, he plays him menacing. like a, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's it's
0: great. There's one where he doesn't have any dialogue, and the rumor is that he thought that the dialogue was so shitty. He goes, <laughs> I'm not saying any of this. And so they just, he doesn't say anything the whole movie. There you go. I think it's the second one. He doesn't have to. He also played the Frankenstein monster. Right. And he plays the mummy. Yep. Here's what my wish is <laughs> this is tan- the tangent that we're talking about. There you go. I want someone to do a biopic about the Hammer Horror Studios. I don't know if that's a biopic. But have, I mean, there is
1: one. Did you know that? Are you making this up? Are you? No. There is, I, there is a documentary that has been making to, around. No, no. I don't oh, want a documentary. Right, no. oh, I want, uh, I want I to move.
0: You. Like, I want actually a biopic about Christopher Lee and oh, yeah. Peter Cushing during right, right, right. during the Hammer horror film. Like, I think the sets
1: look beautiful. I think the costumes yeah. are beautiful. It's that classic gothic horror kind it's of thing. so you good. Know? Yeah. I watched them on... Uh, TV on Saturday afternoons, they used to have all yeah. that, and my my dad was a fan too, so it was mm-hmm. like perfect time. He introduced me to all that stuff. So yeah, yeah it was I great. just uh, yeah, I, I love it. Yeah, I love him.
0: Uh Okay, where are we? Michael Bagford has a song from Apple Venus Volume One. His song is Easter Theater.
1: Nice, cool, perfect because there you go. Good e- timing. E- this is
0: Easter weekend right. when we're recording coming
1: up. Easter Theater. But this will come out by Thanksgiving, right? I have really no <laughs> idea when this is going to drop.
0: I really don't. Well, ASAP Club, immediately. There you go. Close, close to immediately. (laughs) Uh, One of the great songs off of the album Venus Volume 1 album. I'm I'm, I'm holding back a burp. Hold on. (laughs) Okay. Uh, That stays in. I don't edit that. Some people love this album, but I only really like about half of this album. (gasps) goes against what Kevin Compton said. Mm. I think None Such was the last great XTC album, but I don't think you should pass on this album either. All right, so let's hear East Theater. All right, I don't like that at all. I, I see. I <laughs> Wait, don't. give it a give it a second. Uh, I'm gonna give it a minute. It a I'm, gonna start, I'm gonna start it all over. But I can tell you yeah. immediately, initially, I don't like it. <laughs> it it, make, it sounds like a mental patient music. <laughs> nothing about bunnies nothing about candy <laughs> nothing about uh, Jesus
1: Christ it's about springtime and the ground reawakening yeah, I didn't I believe I didn't okay I didn't love fine. that I didn't yeah. love that one uh, no I get it I mean it is there is a um, an element to this album that because it was more sort of orchestral and he also so I think he worked with Van Dyke Parks, that um, arranger slash composer who has done some he did some of the arranging for the Beach Boys. Yes, yes, not yes, very much mistaken. he lives out so, here
0: and he plays he plays at a place called Largo quite frequently. Okay, yeah, I've yeah. heard of
1: Largo mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Uh, yeah, so I think that it has some of that. It, it goes through sort of lush, beautiful instrumental passages, yes. but it also does a little sort of cacophonous, you know, kind of against the grain kind of stuff. Too, yeah, that, a little bit.
0: I yeah. mean, the whole album or just that song.
1: The, uh, the whole album, in a way, mm-hmm. you know, there's some that are orchestral, that are some that are acoustic. There's a great little gem of a pop song called "I'll." I'd like that. Okay, fantastic. So I will go to bat for the album, okay. but I get if people don't like it or part of it or any of it. And that was
0: 2000. They broke into the, the new millennium with this album. Right. And, and then they wait. Then there's five years. It
1: was five years? It's 2005
0: for... Um, no, no, I'm sorry. Wait, wait, wait. I'm totally wrong. All right. Okay. Ignore everything I think I said. so. Ignore everything I said. Because they seem to
1: come right, you know... No, right.
0: no. Uh, Apple Venus Part 2 was in 2000.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, right, and, and, right. Apple, Apple Venus, Venus Volume 1, 1 was 99, Apple Venus Volume yes, 2, yes. 2000. Yep. My
0: mistake, my mistake. No problem. I apologize. Not a problem. All right, so... I didn't mean go. to jump down your throat. No, no, no. 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 <laughs> I'm going to go Bagford first and then you. Sure. Is, and Michael's last song is from Wasp Star, and then in parentheses, Apple Venus Part 2. What's Wasp Star?
1: It's a good question. I don't have an answer. That like I don't a, know. That
0: sounds like a, a B sci-fi movie <laughs> right right by john carpenter yes wasp, wasp star. star uh that doesn't roll off my tongue either wasp star his uh, his last song of the day of the night of the record is stupidly happy andy partridge describes this as the dumbest but happiest song i ever wrote i found the one riff that keith richards hadn't all right and i think christy stratton calls keith richards lord riffington <laughs> here we go let's die i like it i'm
3: stupidly happy
0: That is so different from the song I just hated.
1: Yes, very true. Well, that was, that was his whole concept. We're going to do one that's lighter and acoustic, one that's plugging back in the electric guitars, make a little noise. That one was solid. Yeah. I got to be honest. Well, it's funny. I, I so I may have a little different opinion here and I can't put my finger on it exactly. okay. I listen to this album, I like this album. Mm-hmm. I can I listen to it in preparation for this. Mm-hmm. I'm singing the you know, humming the songs all day, great hooks, good songs. I don't know. It's not, it, it was tough for me to find a song to pick from this one. I'm not necessarily sure why. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not one that I go to the well to a lot. You like again, volume one, sure but why. not volume two. I know, but uh, again, they're so different. And I, again, I can't put my finger on it. I don't know why, but it's, you know, it, if I'm going to listen to XTC, it's not the one I'm going to pick out to listen to.
0: What's the least favorite XTC album in the catalog for you?
1: Probably go to for me. Just because of all the Barry songs, there are a couple of good songs in there, but even those are, you know, I could get with uh, Life is Good in the Greenhouse Mm -hmm. and a couple of the other songs, but, you know, it's, that's probably the one. All right.
0: And and the song we're going to hear right now? The song
1: we're going to hear right now is the opener of the album called Playground.
0: Now, these two albums are the only two ones I don't have. Is Volume Two? Is the whole more album, like that? Yeah, like this this yep. song and the one Michael played. Yep. Well, oh, it sounds like I would love. You this should one. get it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, and again, I can't. I I, I see I see it used all the time. Oh yeah, In yeah. CD pick stores. it up. I'm definitely definitely buy it. pick it up. Not right, you know, cool. or, or go to Apple Music and pay your ten bucks and. How then. dare you? <laughs> Actually. I don't think they're on I don't think they're on Apple Music. Well, I there think you go. he may not even have put any of this yeah. on there. Yeah, so for, for Yeah. 3.99, I could pick it up. I can Go for it. That's fine. Throw it against the wall. I can <laughs> use it as a
0: coaster I can do anything I want with it.
1: Yep. Now, a playground the song I played that was again one of those extended metaphor kind of things. You know, life is just like it was when we were in school, and I think I think the line at the end is even like you may leave school, but it never leaves you, which I like too. That's so, nice. yeah. I can't fault it, I'm not sure what I I don't really have a problem with it I'm going to listen to it on the way home (laughs) And I'm going to love it again Sounds like this one
0: will keep you up while you're driving It sounds like a a rocking affair Right now, you have one more song before we do the play out. And what is it? I do, Tell and I just kind of
1: threw this in there because um, I guess this is the story that I had heard was that around, I guess, the 2005, from what you say, mm-hmm. they were starting to test, or Andy was starting to test, what the what they could do in terms of downloads. Oh, there's this thing called the internet. People download music now. I wonder if they might download some XTC albums. So they threw this out there to see if there was any interest in anything like that. It's actually a Collins song that they recorded in Andy's famous Ed, which is where he records all his music now okay. and so it's the last thing that I, th- I think it's the last thing that they put out as XTC and I was just like there it is on iTunes it's an XTC song I gotta buy it so it's called where did the ordinary people go and I'm playing it actually
0: from YouTube because your, your mp3 was password protected and we couldn't get it working before
1: yeah so recording. that's that's how downloads worked out for Andy Partridge yeah so let's hear, <laughs> let's
0: hear how this quality is on uh, YouTube
3: so much A line of fortresses Look but don't touch I'd like to call
1: That's nice. I like that. I mean, I love Colin's songwriting, too. That's the thing. It's weird to have a band where, you you know, uh, if Colin wrote more songs, I think it would be just evenly matched. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he writes more songs, so he seems to be the guy who's XTC. But... They're both great songwriters. So does Colin make solo music now? It's funny that you should mention that. In the last year, he Ta-da. had something out. He started working with Terry Chambers, XTC's original drummer, okay. and put out a little EP, a couple of songs. They're all really good songs. I-, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head what they were. Yeah. I really liked them when I heard them. I'll probably put them on in the car when I'm going home now that I think about it. The other thing, though, is that he, I think he and Andy now are estranged. And so Andy doesn't talk to any of those guys anymore I don't think. I think that was the last relationship. Dave Gregory kind of soured around the era of um I, I, Dave Gregory I don't think is on Wasp Star, the last that last release. Okay. Um and then he and Colin supposedly, you know, they did this song together mm-hmm. and then since then they've sort of not been Nothing. talking to, I believe. Um yeah, it's just weird. So um but Colin and Terry and I'm sure some other musicians did a show in Swindon this past year, and I'm sure every crazy XTC fan in the world went. I really wish I could have gone, but I'm just <laughs> not that kind of person. And I may have heard about it kind of late and whatever it was, but do you, I wish they w- would do something in tour or something. Do you think
0: that the XTC? See, I think they should be, but do you think they will? Ever get into the
1: Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? It's funny, you guys. I think I don't know if you brought them up in the episode that you did on the uh, Hall of Fame, but you I started did. talking about well, who could get in or yeah. whatever, and I started thinking about XDC, and I'm like, I don't know. There's such an out of the way sort of again rock snob kind of band. Uh, they did have a couple of hits, so people yeah. did people would know Pumpkinhead, they would know Dear God, you know, um, we would know Mayor of Simpleton. Certainly, I feel like
0: they should get in. For you some know, re-
1: yeah. I don't, uh, that, uh, do you, does Andy Partridge show up to that? Uh, probably not. I don't even know if he leaves Swindon. I don't even know if he leaves England. You know, it's one of those things. If when I do get over to England, I'm going to go to Swindon. I don't know what the hell I'm going to do, but Just I want to see. Around. I want to see the chalk hill um, horse that's on the cover of English Settlement. How and, big is you know, Swindon? Very small town, apparently, but you could probably, probably go into than any
0: any local shop and say, "Does Andy oh, I'm Partridge
1: sure. ever come here?" And they her? probably get it a lot, and I'm sure he has dealt with people coming to his house. So it would be interesting. Yeah,
0: I hope he would be receptive to that.
1: Right. We'll see. I mean, you're coming to his yeah, home, so who knows? Yeah. All right. Um, I'm well, gonna, if, I, I, if I, Andy's I, listening right now, Andy, just invite me over. And yeah, I'll, we'll, you'll
0: have we'll a place there. to stay. Maybe as a Airbnb. In there you go. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> The XTC
0: experience. All right, before we end, I want to do uh, Michael Bagford's outro that he wrote. So here we go. Thank you, Michael Bagford, for uh, sending the songs and all the liner notes. It was terrific. Here's what Michael has to say to the people. Thanks for listening to my liner notes and my shenanigans. I can be found on Twitter at Michael Bagford. I've been posting a single of the day this year as opposed to albums. A big shout-out goes to the group on Twitter, who also posts great singles. And I just uh, want to say that it uh, fills my heart with joy when these guys are uh, interacting and posting their albums and singles and we trade music. We all do that. You know, I'll, I'll email someone and go, Hey, I don't have that. Could you send me that? And I'll send you this. So that's pretty cool. And uh, fuck that Napster shit. This is where it, <laughs> we, we transfers where it's at right now. Um, also another big shout out goes to some awesome podcasters that are great to interact act with and that produce great shows. You know who you are. Also. Also, thanks to Pat and I'm going to say Kevin because the other two names he has here are not here, but thanks to Pat and Kevin for making this a great show to listen to, but I'm not going to leave off April, Christy and Mike and Murray because they also make the show great as well. Also to any family and friends that listen to this, thanks for making my life awesome and enjoyable. Michael, you did a good job. You picked good songs. Much appreciated. Uh, Let's do some, uh, some promoting Kevin. Slowly give your Twitter handle one more time. (laughs)
1: Sure thing. At? If anybody wants to follow me, it's at BingC, B-I-N-G-C, underscore, 1999. All right. What does that mean? Uh, Personal? Is it too personal? No, no, no. Uh, I've had a nickname for a long time of Bing. So I used to wear uh, Hawaiian shirts to concerts. Okay. And a friend of mine who was in a band... I uh, had another friend in the band and he just he knew me, didn't know my name. He's like, Where's that guy? I didn't show up to a show. Okay. Where's that guy? Uh, Bing Crosby, because I always wore Hawaiian shirts. All right. Bing, it stuck. So it's been my nickname forever. Could have been so. worse. Could have been Jimmy Buffett. There you go. I like it. Yes, that yeah. definitely could have been worse. So <laughs> Yeah, Bing- I don't think we knew Jimmy Buffett quite at the time. All right, good. Yeah.
0: Uh, I am at pat underscore Francis. We are at Rock Solid Show. Uh, go to rocksolidpodcast.com for all things rock solid, Patreon page, t shirts, episodes. Also, uh, Kyle at uh, Kyle Dotson Funny. You can still follow him. And
1: uh, what else? I don't think I have anything else to promote. I thank- just want to thank you, Michael. Thank you, Pat. This was awesome. I had a great time. Did it? For, did, was it all you had hoped it would be? Uh, and more. <laughs> uh, how could it not be? No, this is awesome. <laughs> this is great. It's, uh, you know, having listened to the show for so long, it's like being here in Rock Solid Central. It's so, fun. I love. Yeah, I love.
0: I love when uh, I love. We have met before, but I yep. lo- I love when. Uh, the the strangers walk in and we right, record right. show. We've
1: never talked together before in our lives. Well, and the funny thing that's the thing. You, I, we I met you you know a couple of times yeah. I think over yes. the years we've had but dinner together. But I probably listened to you more you know on your podcast. So then you developed this different yeah. kind of relationship. So you know now I know remembered exactly what your voice was and coming here now I have a picture for where everybody records and these. So. This
0: is this is without a doubt the most one on one time you and I have ever spent. Together. Absolutely.
1: And it's, uh, <laughs> it's and I'm done. I'm out of here.
0: And I, I would just uh I would just tell you guys the first the first episode, the first time I ever recorded the show, that was the first time that me and He Who Should Not Be Named were ever, <laughs> ever in a room together. Oh really? We we turned the mics on yep. and we did it. And that's what you hear. We didn't do a test show. Right, right. We right. didn't talk about it. We just yep. said, Well, okay, let's talk about it. it's our first episode, let's do debut albums. And, right, right, and that's right. what it was. And that's what the show nice. has always been. You just you show up, you bring your songs,
1: right. and we just engage. It's just a nice little vibe. Like I say, it's kind of engaging with friends, you know, every week. You know? Again,
0: we try to have it be like if you were in your bedroom in high school, sitting around with your friends, just listening to some albums. Yep. That's what uh, we try to do.
1: I'm just happy to be sitting across from somebody who listened to me talk about XTC all night. So Because <laughs> God knows the wife is done <laughs> exactly. with it. She's right. done with it. Right. Oh. She's, I hope this is out of your system since now, I've honey. I've been talking, you know, since I knew I was going to be doing this. I've been tearing her ear off over it forever. So
0: I do the same yeah. thing. You think my wife wants to hear Richie Ramone's name <laughs> one more time this fucking week? She never heard the name at all in her whole life. And right? Now, Richie Ramone's coming out of my mouth every two seconds. <laughs> all right, my playout song. It's an obvious one, but it's a great one. The Mayor of Simpleton. Thank you, Kevin. Thank, Thank you, you listeners. Here we go.